What's up, everybody? Tony here. Just wanted to take a moment to thank all of our fans, listeners, followers, including the haters. You can check out more of our content, including this episode, at www.thegreatgirthpodcast.com. Unfortunately, due to a delay in Austin's schedule, which you have to understand, Austin has taken over the world one day at a time. Uh, That being said, because of that, the Wednesday show will not be coming out until tomorrow. Again, there will be a one-day delay. Until then, go ahead and enjoy this special throwback episode to what I think is one of our stronger and essentially better episodes. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Welcome to The Great Girth. Tony and Austin here. Our guests tonight are Chance McClellan, as always. That's my retarded friend there. And down, <laughs> And Catrice Booth. Kat, did I say your name right? You sure did. Perfect, perfect. All right, how's everybody doing? Uh, Austin, I got to ask, what's with the suit? Was that the interview? Yeah, I just got back from a TV interview about some new... Um, COVID restrictions that they're the putting in the in of uh, the Tri County area around Denver. Uh, oh, Adams, Adams County is officially back in a safer at home order because they have a total of twelve thousand cases since January. But they're serious. They're but they're downgrading us. They're, I, there's the the main line issue is they're downgrading us. Although that in in Adams County we only have. 80%, we have 80% of our hospital beds are open. They're not occupied. No, I know that's almost the case fucking anywhere. I've been hearing the same story from like numerous people. And so they're trying to tell these small businesses now that they need to um, like shut back, to either shut down or decrease all the way down to 25% of their business. A business can't, a, a restaurant can't, can't operate at 25%. Well, right, that's... That's fucking ridiculous. We've had so many businesses go out of down on downtown. There's only 98 total cases in Adams County that are in the hospital. Out of and and they're trying. They have 19 percent of their ICU beds filled. It's insane. One percent of COVID in that ICU. Fantastic. (laughs) And then and then the the worst part is restaurants are only 109 cases out of the 12,815. That makes a difference, Jay Paul. So, so why in the world are we shutting down restaurants when they're not the spreading events? It's well known that the spreading events are coming at large private um, gatherings. You're not going to stop those. You have to you have to work on building awareness in communities, not shutting down businesses, and removing majorly needed tax revenue in a year where Adams County is scheduled to be in debt by over seven hundred thousand right. dollars. All right, and a big part of it too, man, is it is political because once November comes, 
the way I'm looking at it, uh, if so, the way I see it is if Biden wins, the virus is gone completely. Yep. If Trump wins, twelve more it years fucking of it. surges. Yeah, and then it's like a big ass deal. It's well, totally political. I I, I I think the line. I think the line that I put. Um, I think the line that I said that I'm real proud of is that um, that Tri County Health is putting politics before data. They'll kill small businesses, and then I say, "Hey, call Tri County Health." Gave them their um, phone number. Said, "Demand the Center for Science, not the Polis-led political circus." And because that's what it is. That's what it is. It's a right. it's a circus. Right. They don't. No one knows what's going on. The World Health Organization and the CDC are telling all governors and and um, and municipal leaders, "Hey, COVID needs. You need to not do lockdowns to take care of COVID because it slows it down." And then the yeah. second your lockdowns go away, it comes right back at the same level, and if not higher. And so it's just people not – they care about science until you start talking about actual science or mm-hmm. or abortion right. law or you know, all the fun well, stuff. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought up abortion law. So that is one of the many reasons I brought Kat on board with this episode. So there's a couple of topics I want to talk about. Mostly hot topics. Um, as usual, we'll just start out with the really rough ones right away. Um, Kat, when I was talking to you on Facebook, you had mentioned something about voting at 18. Uh, can you go a little more into that for me? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. 18-year-olds, um, I think, are going to be huge. And our first-time voters are going to be really huge right now. Um the unfortunate thing is, is I don't feel that they are getting the education that they need to um, vote with a good conscience. Um, my 18-year-old niece, love her dearly, was able to vote for her first time this year. Very excited. But I remember when I was 18 voting, I felt like I needed to vote with what my parents were telling me to vote. Right. Instead right. of going out there and actually... Um, educating myself and using my own brain. Um, and that's, that's really huge. I mean, women a year or a hundred years ago were not allowed to vote now that they can vote, but for the longest time they were basically told to vote as their husband told them to vote. Right. It's a big deal now, especially because it's, it's a little more open. In fact, Austin, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a poll, and I might have heard that this might have been blown out of proportion, but wasn't there a poll recently that said that more women are voting than women are, especially younger women? There's like a, it's a general audience. I can't remember what it is, but it's really young women. And the, big, the biggest problem is a lot of them are unfortunately uneducated. I mean, not to say that they're dumb, but as you know, as well as I do, the education, the system doesn't really, it doesn't really educate people correctly it's more based on agenda it is biased it's very much biased um Um, but yeah i I saw a poll somewhere that said that a lot of voters right now are young women and it's scary because of the fact that they're not necessarily learning you get what i'm saying i'll I'll let you go sorry i'm you know what i mean so so colorado has like 1.2 million early voters right now and that's about it's 18 percent are under the age of 25 um, which and actually, I am excited to hear those numbers. I think um, our young people need to be out there voting. So, it, uh, so this year, youth turnout's probably going to break a record. 
not just here in the state of Colorado, but all across the country is kind of recognized. Um, right. They vote um, young people mostly vote Democrat, unfortunately, be, but they. Well, it's a it's a phase, in my opinion. When you're younger, that's definitely a big it's, part it's, of it. It's like that video where it says, "Once when you're in high school, after you graduate high school and get a job, your political leanings to the right, to the right." To the right. <laughs> <laughs> but well, um, it's true. I mean, go ahead. Sorry, but but women do women do significantly outvote their um, population numbers. I think it's right. on like sixty seven, sixty eight percent of women uh, uh, of voters are women, and yeah. So we're gonna break a record for youth turnout. Um, but the thing, Colorado, which is weird, is ballot turnover right now, turn-ins based on voter registration, to voter registration only, Republicans are leading in a lot of counties like Adams, Jefferson, Arapahoe, um, El Paso, Elk. They're, they're leading, which doesn't happen in Colorado. They usually vote late. So, Well, that and we're a big blue state. But, but what's going on, I personally think, is Prop 115 is the heartbeat bill it's the late abortion ban right, um, right. there are a lot of first-time voters especially catholic hispanics who haven't voted in the past or have consistently voted democrat in the past that are now that, changing that are now that are, I'm, I'm making phone calls for the one of the candidates i work for phil cove rubius adams county commissioner district five uh but always always be plugging always be plugging that's the number one rule right right but calling for them i've had people ask me hey is he pro-life and i when i say yes he's pro-life he sports 115 democrats are saying oh i'll vote for him and i was like oh and by the way this person this person they're also pro-life and they end up voting down ballot republican for the first time in their entire life they've been voting for democrats since they were 18 and now right. voting Republicans because of 115. So I, I don't say expected, but there's there's a possibility there could be a, a bit of a red surge in Colorado because of Prop 115. God, I sure hope so. Pro-life. Um, the, and I think the, that's also showing that the people are taking the time to be more educated when it comes to their votes. So they're looking at the candidate. And they're looking at what they believe in and what they're um, standing for versus just voting for the party. And even the recall polis effort in Colorado. Um, those of you who don't live in Colorado, there's a major recall effort to recall um, Governor Jared Polis. And they are above 55% of what they need. Uh, right. Um, if they get, if they, I think they're over 500,000, I think they need 1.1 million. Um, to be sure they'll get it. I think 750,000 is the minimum, but you want to get to the 1.1. So they take, so when they take away the money or so when they take away the bad, um, signatures. So Colorado could be purple again, maybe don't make money on it. Okay. So the, (laughs) the word abortion keeps getting thrown around. And we've got to get into that. We've got to dive into that because we've dived into everything but that and socialism, and we'll get to the socialism. But as far as abortion goes, here's my two cents on it. So as I've said before in the earlier episodes, I did have my Democrat phase. That was definitely when I was in high school. That was my I'm rebellious phase, but I didn't really get into voting Republican until Trump was elected. 
But even then, it was a little bit earlier than that, and a lot of it did have to do with abortion because I used to be very, like, pro-choice. But the thing is, is for me, a lot of it is based on religion. And I know that's not necessarily a good argument, but that's just how I view it. But Austin, being that you're, I guess, more uh, politically, you're smarter than I am. What is your view on it? Is my... Uh, abortion is my number one issue. If every single thing on the ballot failed, but uh, but uh, measure one fifteen, the late abortion ban, uh, is passed, it'll be a victory. I don't, I don't, I don't care about wolves. Um, uh, if Gallagher, it's if Gallagher gets overthrown, I'll cry a little bit, but I'll be fine. But <laughs> the abortion ban, um, uh, I don't. There, I, there's only one in my. The way I think about it, there's only one time an abortion is, I think, should be legal. And as if having this baby, carrying this baby to term, will kill the mother. Right. I 100% agree. I mean... Rape, incest, you messed up, the condom broke, um, you got drunk, you smoked too much crack, you're in Denver. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're, you're in Denver, you took some hippie mushrooms. You're and, in and you, mushroom. and you got and you had a bait and you now you're pregnant. That's on you. That baby's not that baby's fault. That you were <laughs> retarded and weren't responsible. And it's not a oops decision to to take a pair of scissors and cut that little baby up God and damn. suck them up via vacuum cleaner. It's not okay. Austin, if I didn't support you 100%, I'd say that's a propaganda thing you got going on there. But I agree. I'm not saying you're wrong. Like, here's the thing. When it comes to rape, it's a little different for me, but I 100% agree. Um, Chance, I'll get to you, but Kat, I want to know, where do you, um, what's your stance on abortion? Well, um, uh, I will tell you straight up that I am a product of two teenagers, my parents were 16 years old. I was born in a time before Roe versus Wade. Um, but I also know that even though it was not an option, it was never even considered by my mother. Um, I can understand the fear of being a young woman in a surprised situation. Um, but like you said, there are consequences for every action. And as far as rape, I can understand, but then there's always that option of adoption. Um, when it comes to endangering the mother's life, I could see that. But even then, most mothers, if they're true to their heart, would still go out there in a heartbeat and do everything they could to save the baby and sacrifice themselves. And I would be one of those mothers that would do that. Um, I had my life. It would be the baby's turn. Um, what is, what is your opinion on plan B? On plan B? I actually am very, um, for plan B as far as the morning after and that kind of stuff. Just simply because, yeah, sometimes the condom does break. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have no problem with Plan B contraceptives. I have zero. I have zero issue with it. Yeah, um, sometimes it does break. Sometimes you can do everything possible to prevent that pregnancy, 
and sometimes the swimmers are just too strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I would rather see young women be responsible and step up and say, "Hey, yeah, oops," then bring a child into the world that they cannot take care of. But it needs to be done immediately. It can't be done six weeks after the fact. It can't be done, you know, after that conception. Yes, absolutely. It, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. If once that conception, it's time to, you know, there's other decisions that need to be made. You can't raise it. There are millions and millions of people out there who cannot have children. For every single family that once that that was willing to adopt a newborn, for every ten families, there is oh, one shit. newborn. There is a massive, massive influx of needs for children to be adopted. You hear this whole, oh, there's the adoptions uh, group, the adoption centers are overrun, the adoption programs are overrun. Yeah, that's with teenagers, and teenagers are assholes, so I get that. But, but, but babies, loosen, loosen, the best way to fix this is to loosen adoption regulations, make it cheaper and easier to adopt babies and you'll have a, a a whole better system on your hand. I can understand the cheaper but I would uh, I would still like to see strong um, screening processes for um, children to be adopted into families. I, I watched my cousin bounce from foster home to foster home and not every one of them was the greatest family scenarios. Oh, oh yeah. There are it, people out there just wanting that extra paycheck. Yeah, and no, there there are no doubt that there are issues with foster homes. I'm speaking about families that wish to adopt. Oh, um, the family that wishes to adopt, absolutely. It could yes, take yes. it could take nine, ten, eleven months just to finish the initial screening process before they can even be put on a wait list for a baby. God, and those and, and those. They have to go through not only that, that, they have to go through classes and even to have a babysitter while you're in that waiting period, if you are in a foster point before the adoption, anyone that is in contact with that baby has to be certified. My cousin's going through it right now. Um, he's actually had three kids go back. Uh, because either family members have stepped up and said that they want they changed their mind, it's been heart wrenching for them. the The average cost for an adoption in the United States is thirty five thousand dollars. That's a steep. It is. It's very steep. Very very steep. All right. Um. <laughs> sorry, Kat. Are you? Um. Am I interrupting you? I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um. But. Yeah, there are the education, like I said, to begin with, it needs to come prior to that conception. And unfortunately, um, we're still lacking there in some cases. And it's not just the women. I'm sorry, guys, you need to step up too and be just as responsible. I 100% agree. I 100% agree, Seriously, There is not enough men out there willing to be fathers. Exactly. They're, they're willing um, I, to I give a baby, right? but yeah. yeah. I was very lucky. My father, um, he married my mother at 16 years old, and they stayed together till her death. That's a but, real man right there. On the other hand, 
my grandfather walked out on six children and ran off and started a whole new family. So uh, you can you can change the statistics. You can't. You don't have to be, you know, that person. Right. <laughs> right. Know? But the, hey, every drugstore carries a condom. Boys, carry them. Exactly. And I'm a mother Chance. of a son, and I told my son straight up from the time that I knew he was thinking that you will carry condoms. <laughs> no, I agree. Chance, do you carry condoms or? Yeah, I'm gonna say you, well, I don't care him because I'm married, but they're I was in my, say, say you my, don't, my, you night, my upper, my door right by my bed. For that Can week. I ask you a serious question? Why do you have them? Because right now we're not trying to have a baby. What about birth control? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, but my wife has so many complications with her, her stuff that she has on with her, that combats with her migraines and that medicine that it's not easy for her, so... You know. No, I could see that. I could see. That. I'm not judging. I could see that because here's the thing, dude. I'm really irresponsible. So when I met my wife, when we were just dating, I had already asked me. I had asked her to marry me, but the way I looked at it when it came to children was, if it happens, it happens. And I know that's a really irresponsible response, but to me, I was like, whatever, dude. I'm I'm married. I'm gonna marry you. I'm in love with you. I'm gonna be with you for the rest of my life. I have no problem with crossing. But and that being I, said, that means that we're not being safe. You know what I mean? So there could be many kids. Like that, and and I think it truth. comes back to that, that point earlier that Kat and, and Austin have talked about, though. I think, you know, before, yeah, I've been like, whatever, fuck it. But now, you know, like, now you've gone through some shit and you're like, really take a second to think about it and be educated and and think about things in a long-term perspective instead of whatever. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you know, like, because I'm going to be 27 this year, so, like, 10 years ago, shit happens, you know, but now I'm like, shit does not happen. You make those choices. <laughs> you you lay in that bed, you know what I mean? 100%. No, 100%. And that, no, it's true. And Kat had a point, too. Not every guy thinks like that because here's the thing, man. Mine is based on, um, I think a lot of it is what was instilled in me by my father. So my dad raised me to believe that, whether you love the person you're with or not, if you get them pregnant, that is, I hate to say it like this, but that is your problem. You need to deal with it. Figure it out. No, there's no other way out of that. Right. Whether you're in love with them or not, figure it out. You can be married. You can be separate, whatever. It is your responsibility. And that was instilled in me. So it's always been that way. And because I love who I'm with, I'm like, well, we'll have kids, whatever, you know, like. I'll admit I'm not exactly in a financial spot to have five fucking kids like my mom did, but I've got two at this point. So I'm like, well, I got to start working on something. Like I don't own a house, but eventually I'd like to get there. But uh, the point is I can definitely see that because not every guy has that. You know, I got friends that they do have kids, but they really don't want more than what they have. And I can understand that too, because being a father is tough, especially when you have multiples. So right after Aubrey was born, Olivia changed like no other. She got really territorial. She's been acting out. And it's kind of made me wonder, should I have another one? Or I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely want another one. But the problem with that is, and that's a separate story, but long story short, my wife wants a boy. And I would love a boy, but we have two girls. And scientifically speaking, 
there's just no way that's really going to happen. It's like 90% chance not going to happen to have a boy. And my fear is being stuck with another girl. I'll still love my child, <laughs> but I really don't want another not, girl. Three girls like, is not bad. I'm a, that's what my parents did. I'm sister, so... <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> right, like, I'll still love my child no matter what. And I think it's a lot of that is too that I saw how a lot of my friends went through parents that were split up or parents that just weren't there. And I think for me, it's it's really weird. Chance, you and I were just talking about this through a Facebook Messenger a couple of years ago, but I'll never understand how somebody can have a kid and walk away from it. That is your blood. That's your creation. I don't get how you could treat that thing, whether it's a boy or girl, how you could treat it any different. I just don't understand that. But again, people don't have the same mentality. Sometimes when people have babies, that thing in your brain doesn't click like it's supposed to. Uh, you know, when you have a baby, generally, if you're a normal person, in my opinion, things change. But if you're someone that's on the other end of the spectrum, nothing changes and you just don't mature. You, you don't just figure a way around it. Yeah, like some people just don't change. Oh, Tony. Go ahead. According to this website, if you've had two girls, you still have a 46% chance of having a boy. Hmm. <laughs> There are six percent. That's like okay. Keep going. Okay, this says uh, swings apart right here. <laughs> Having a third child does not seem it does not the sex of the child does not seem to be influenced by the gender of the first or second child. The outcome oh, okay. is barely nearly even, with parents being just slightly more likely to have the same gender if one child is a girl and the opposite's a boy. Well, it, it's, I'm not going to lie, it could be possible. I got some mutation going on in my system because here's the thing, dude. Olivia, I usually don't talk about this with people, but Olivia was supposed to be a triplet. So we lost the two babies on the way. We had Olivia and then Aubrey was born after, but Aubrey is more of a white color and Aubrey is brown. Right, that's like a, I don't know how to say it without sounding horrible, but it's like a hybrid thing going on. Basically, I have a mutation system, so it is very possible. I know you have a baby with it. <laughs> so, so really, it looks like at this point, if you have another baby, it's a flip of the coin if you're going to have a boy or a girl. It is, dude. Uh, just like we were talking about in one of the earlier episodes, Two Face, man. Man, gonna flip be a coin. Gonna just imagine having three girls all synced up. I don't know, man. That's scary. Of course, I'll love them, but I already have. <laughs> A wife and two daughters, so I'm like, I'm alone. <laughs> like, I'm all alone in this house. You have to, you have to, you have you to be, be like a very spoiled man. You'll I have to. We spoiled my dad rotten, so yeah, they but do, you, they do. Yeah, I'll admit that. If you have a third girl, that third girl could be like Tim Allen in uh, Last Man Standing, and you can oh, make her really butchy. You know, That's out true. of the three of us, all three of us, we hunt, we fish, we camp. We were right out there with anything that the boys would have done. That's the way my dad raised us. If it came to changing the oil on the car, changing the tire, we were out there. We were not to be damsels in distress and to be pretty and just sitting there. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that's a good thing to have. I really do. I mean, my dad takes Olivia and, you know, he takes her to the chop house, as Olivia calls it. But it's the slaughterhouse for the chickens. And the turkeys, and I think that's a good thing because I don't Thank want my kids to be freaked out. <laughs> yeah, no, she thinks these things before they get murdered. It's my but favorite think, thing about her. It kills me every time I think about it. 
Right. What kid tells you, like, you should pray for that chicken before you eat it? But <laughs> I think that's a good that's quality. Awesome. I want her to know how to do those things because sometimes when you don't tell your kids about what happens, the sad reality is they get influenced by their teachers and they watch documentaries like Food Incorporated and they think that being a vegan is okay. And it's physically not. I know I'm in no shape to talk about it, but the truth is it's really not okay to be any of those things. And you got these documentaries that teach kids, oh, it's so horrible to run a farm. And they don't understand we need those fucking farms. We need all that shit because I'm going to be honest, I'm not doing any of that. But Tony, the the cows are farting and and making climate change. Oh, God, don't start. (laughs) I can't stand her. What the hell is her name? Alexandria something? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, my God, man. Like, here's the thing. People thought that... Go ahead. There is nothing better than raising your own animals, your own beef. Uh, Right. You can... You you don't have to give them the antibiotics. They're eating... They're eating fresh. And it's great. I mean, my dad had cattle. We had chickens. I mean, <laughs> it's <Right>. awesome. <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's a good thing. for a kid. It is an awesome life for a kid. Well, it teaches them a lot, yeah. It teaches them a lot. It's fresh air. It's hard work. It's great. <laughs> it's like that thing that Ben Shapiro said, that if you take AOC's IQ and convert it to electricity, you might have enough power to lightly toast a piece of bread. <laughs> Hold on, wasn't she a bartender or something? Like, I read somewhere that she was a bartender before she got into politics. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. No way. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my god. So, so she graduated from college with a degree, a um, so a bachelor's degree in economics. However, Is ironic. Sorry. <laughs> I've never seen someone who spent four years of their life dedicated to studying something, yet understands it at a level of a third grader. Jesus. Exactly. I've never seen it. But then, so she gets out of high college, and then she gets all this debt, and then she goes and she bartends. The, right. There's no jobs in it with an economics degree. <laughs> there isn't. Okay? If my kid was kind Daddy, I'm going to grow up and get a get a, a degree in economics. I, I'll tell that kid, hey, retard. Don't get an economics degree. There's there's no jobs. The only job is teaching economics. Or if you're really good, you can get in a think tank. You need a master's degree. That's like 120 grand a year or 120 grand in debt for that degree. So remember, kids, pick good. Ma- pick good majors when you're in college. Don't major in in English or economics or lesbian dance theory or <laughs> any say, of those horrible things. If you, I love American history, but if you go to school and you get a and you get a bachelor's degree in American history, you deserve to be homeless. Okay, that was not smart of you. No, I agree. That's the problem. So, like, here's the thing. I'm not going to shit on my mom for raising me the way she did, but she used to always tell me, and it's true, you need to get a degree. But here's the thing. I don't agree with that because you could definitely make it without one. But she had a point when she told me, you need to get a degree that's useful. So here's the thing. 
when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be an actor. And she was like, oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, she was like, wait a minute. It's okay to dream, but you need a reality to pay for it. Like, <laughs> what happens if you don't make it on TV? And I was like, that's not going to happen. I'll have that degree. And she was like, okay, but I really don't want to raise you in my house after you're 21. <laughs> So I'm kind of speaking to someone who went to college for theater. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm I was good at theater in high school, but I chose not to do it. I went to college because it was a rule in my household that you either needed to have a go to college or have a job after high school, one of the two. So basically, right after I graduated, my mom was like, "Hey, you know what? Um, Here's a piece of paper. I want you to write." the address to where I'm going to send your stuff when you move. Or you can write on here how much I need to help you with with tuition or how much you're going to pay me for rent. And basically rent wasn't expensive. It was like, hey, help us out with groceries. That was the rule. So to stay afloat, I went to school because I was too lazy to get a job. And basically, you know, long story short, I learned my lesson. But anyway, moving on. Chance, I see you hiding in the dark, man. I haven't talked to you much. What are you doing? No, he muted his mic. Well, he's <laughs> out of this one then. But anyway. Um, My bad. I just, I'm taking, taking, the, taking, taking the dark for shit. I thought I unmuted it. I thought I unmuted <laughs> it. <on there. laughs> oh, you're fine, dude. Um, priority, man. Actually, I've priority. Been, I've, talking for like, I've been trying to talk for like two minutes. And I was like, wow, these guys are assholes. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are assholes. <laughs> It's been like 32. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be fair to to everybody, but so um, actually, I'd like to take this time to tell all of our listeners, well, all 23 of you, according to the numbers. um, If you guys are 23, right, right. It's it's a start. Hey, that's the same amount of people think AOC is a good congressperson. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. <laughs> if anyone hears a the numbers. in the background, please understand that I am doing this from my house. So my wife is suffering trying to take care I of the baby. You. <laughs> but she is crying. She's really upset. So that's what a lot of that is. Um, actually, before we move on to the next segment, which is actually going to be my favorite wrestling. Austin, I know you're not a fan, but we're going to get into it anyway. I don't Chance. know. Th- there's a level of me that's like got the nostalgia of watching back in seventh grade that when I'm over yeah, your no, house no. starts to come back and I'm like, okay, there's that primal part of my brain that's like, kill him. Well, no, 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 I agree. Like, we're not going to talk about modern wrestling. Like, I've been watching modern wrestling and it really annoys me. We're going to talk about like they just brought everybody back. Up. Yeah, no, no, no. We're going to talk about like back in the day. But before we do that, Austin, I need to step away for a minute. Can you run the show? Yeah, I got you. All right, I'll be right back, guys. Side note, there's nothing to really talk about with modern wrestling. You just bought everybody from 95, and they're all old. <laughs> yeah, they've got that okay. old, They've got that new uh, thing I've watched over at Tony's house, the thing about the about the who's the top of the chief, like in the whole rock universe. And it freaking – I watched it for one episode. I was like, I'm already tired of this. I'm already I really tired of this. I haven't been able to watch it in years, and I tried not too long ago – after I was in lockdown here and without the live audience, it's awful. It's awful without an audience. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we were watching the whole draft thing over there at his house when we were quarantined at Tony's house. And I'm sitting here watching like, okay, 
I remember because I stopped watching this in eighth grade. Because even when I was in eighth grade, I thought it was real, like a retard. And I was sitting like, oh, yeah, this is so cool. And I had a freaking English teacher who broke my soul. And I was like, hey, Austin, you know that's all fake, right? And I was like, wait, what? And I just broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he'll probably ask about this story again. But my son, I always took him with us to wrestling so he could watch. I wanted him to know that it did take work. And that you could get hurt. So he went to school. <coughs> Excuse me. When he went to school, he told his teacher that I was a professional professional wrestler. And the teacher called him a liar. Uh-oh. Yeah, she completely freaked out. And so she called me and she had me come into a teacher's conference. And when she oh, did this, God. she said that my son had unhealthy um, thoughts about how he looked at me and he said he looked he had put me on this pedestal that I was on superhero status and that was unhealthy for him and I said well, what are you talking about and she said well he seems to think you're a professional wrestler and that's when I looked her right square in the eye and went well I am <laughs> <laughs> and hold on that awkward when, moment. when did holding your parents in high esteem become a bad thing like that exactly. sounds that sounds like that teacher's mom on. didn't love her very much. Yeah, exactly. Two, 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 that's 2015 on Austin. All right, I'm back. <laughs> you're against the green. You're you're either with the green or against it, and most likely you're against it. All right, I'm back. Thank you, Austin. Sorry, I had to grab my beer. I'm running low. Oh, no, no, you're good. No, we no, just no. we just talked about wrestling. We got it all squared away. Perfect. No, we did not. We want to keep going with this. <laughs> <laughs> Tony so, is one of my biggest fans. Him and his little yes. brother—they just—they um, wouldn't talk to me. They would just stare at me. Um, Alec thought I was sparkly. He always called me sparkly. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. That's <laughs> that's how I met Cat was through my stepdad. So Austin Chance, I've told you both this story. My stepdad used to be into professional wrestling. That's how I got into it, and uh, that's actually one of the reasons I wanted to bring Cat on board too. Was that I really wanted to have a conversation about how wrestling has changed. Austin, you and I talk about this all the time when you're over watching a pay-per-view with me. It's not the same. It's uh, The hype is different. Right. I think... Uh, go ahead, sorry. Except Lars Sullivan. Like After I watched that guy? thing... Dude, I freaking watched all his highlights. I was like, that, <laughs> that dude's a badass. I'm not saying nothing. That's Dude, the man you wouldn't want to meet in the side of the street. Here's the problem with it, man. I um, I grew up in a time where Triple H and Shawn Michaels were the shit. Now they're not there. They run all the shows, and The Rock isn't there. He's doing movies and all that shit. So now you've got The Rock's cousin, Roman Reigns. He's supposed to be the next big thing, and I just don't. It's no, not the I, same thing. He's, I don't he's like cool, it. but it's not the same thing. Yeah, like. I personally believe that um, there's a guy in there named Seth Rollins. I think he's the next John Cena. The problem is he's old. He's been there since, like, 2013. So And, and he's got, like, two major injuries. He's blew out his knee and his shoulder, right? He did in the past, yes. He's been there forever, though. He's just getting old. Actually, I take that back. He was there in, like, 2008. He was there right when I stopped watching because – I stopped watching it when John Cena was constantly winning the champion. It was getting on my fucking nerves. 
And I was like, dude, this shit's just getting out of control. There's too many new wrestlers. I don't want to give up on Stone Cold and all them. So like, I just stopped completely. Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird now, though. It's just not only does it not help that with COVID, they're doing the whole LED screens for the fans, but the yeah, story. I was lines. telling them that. I said, it's out, it, the fans are 90% of it. You need the crowd. You need mm-hmm. the energy. You need that energy. Um, right. And I, I'll tell you, my first first show that I did, I was in shock over how crazy the fans are. Even for our little local production. They're insane. They're oh, I remember, yeah. Nuts. A hundred percent. It used to be in gymnasiums, and it used to be at the... Um, actually, Kat, when I first met you, I'm pretty sure it was at the... Um, it was at a high school. I remember that. It was in the gym. But just for that little gym, the crowd was so... It was ecstatic. There was probably only, I'd say, about 50 people there. But just for that one little crowd, it was a big deal. The fans are a big part of wrestling. And when you don't have them, that kind of takes away that formula. And right now with the LED screens, yeah, you can hear the fans and everything like that. But it's still not the same thing. It's just not the same. same. And you feed off of that. As a performer, you feed off of that. You, You need that in order, as they say, to sell it you need to have that crowd feedback uh-huh. right well imagine these wrestlers that so cat i don't i don't know how up to date you are with uh wrestling currently but real i i tried to watch for maybe 10 minutes about four or five weeks ago and i couldn't do it <laughs> well what had happened was um when covid hit it was a few months before wrestlemania but my wife was with me and i looked at her and i said this is probably where wrestlemania is going to be which is in their performance center with no fans. Oh, hold on one second. Sorry. Damn it. Drop something. Anyway. Um, yeah. So it was, the problem was with no fans, you have all this big hype that was supposed to be for a crowd. Now where I feel bad for these performers is WrestleMania. Um, I think it was 36. I can't remember. You have two guys that are about to win their first heavyweight titles in their entire career. So, basically, um, for those of you that don't know, with WWE, they have two shows, Raw and SmackDown. They're split up because there's too many wrestlers, so it's two separate brands. On SmackDown, you have the uh, WWE Universal Champion, which is basically a heavyweight title. On Raw, you have the WWE Champion. Same thing. But anyway... At WrestleMania, you have two guys that are about to reach their top performance. Both of them win that title with no crowd. They're about they're achieving their boyhood dreams with no fucking crowd at all. And they have to play like they're surprised. Because for those of you that don't know, wrestling is scripted, of course. It's entertainment, but it is planned. It's staged, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. So they knew this was going to happen, but they have to live in that moment of excitement and of achievement with nobody there to celebrate with them except for their coworkers. I felt really bad for them because not only was it terrible without crowds, but here's guys that they've been doing this for years and that's all they wanted. They get there and there is no one there. It was pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. WrestleMania 36 really sucked. That was the first time I ever actually hated wrestling for a minute. It's, it sucks. It's not the same right now. It's, I don't know. I'm hoping it gets better. 
Have you seen this 30 Days of the Dead Man? Oh my god. Are you talking about the last uh, the last ride, the Undertaker documentary? No, the new one it's coming. It's it's slated for a god, paper. Damn, he's, another one? he's coming back apparently for a for something, a pay-per-view on November what? 2nd. What the that hell? Survivor Series will be centered around a celebration of 30 years of The Undertaker and that its return is currently slated for the pay-per-view on November 22nd. All the right. female made his debut in the 1990s, blah, blah, blah. Um, he was mostly to celebrate the critically acclaimed documentary The Last Ride. Despite the insinuation at the end of the five-part <sighs> limited series that he has retired from in-ring competition, it makes sense that McMahon and WWE would want Undertaker to make an appearance at what will be a milestone event. Uh, yeah, it's a WWE Network occasion with 30 days of a, demo, a month-long event featuring new documentaries and specials dedicated. And this See, is according to Bleacher Report. Here's no, the no, that's not that, that you can't go on Bleacher Report. They got so shitty mm-hmm. recently. Have they really? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. You guys use it a lot. I mean, I use. It, I use Bleacher. I use, no, I use Bleacher I use, Report uh, like I weekly for wrestling football. world because they're the let most me, accurate. Let me ask you this, Austin, because I use Bleacher so. Report. Have you been having it to where you can't read any of the articles? I mean, I, I have everything where it just blacks out now. Like, oh. I'll try to read something, and then it'll just it'll just black out. I'll refresh it, and then I'll just keep repeating it over and over. Weird. I haven't. I didn't. I haven't had that problem. I've uninstalled, reinstalled. Oh, I don't use the app. Are you using an app? Yeah, I'm using. Yeah, oh, hell yeah, I use the, the app. Bleacher Report's app probably sucks. To be honest, that could be a big part of it. But anyway, to get to the whole Undertaker thing. So here's the thing: if you haven't seen it, check out the Last Ride. It is phenomenal as a documentary because it's the first time that we see Undertaker. As who he really is, which is Mark Calloway. He talks about his whole career, blah, blah, blah. It's really good. But his um, ending to his career was really stupid. So uh, WrestleMania 36 was his official last match, even though he said that like every year for the last 10 years. Apparently, this to him is official. It was called a um, <clears throat> It was called a boneyard match, and it was with AJ Styles, which I love AJ Styles, dude. Besides Chris Jericho, he's probably one of the best wrestlers of all time. There was the perfect person to end it with, but it sucked because of the fact that They're both there was 58. no yeah, and there was no crowd, dude. So the Boneyard match was all it was totally done by WWE Studios. It wasn't done by their regular wrestling crew. It was a fucking movie match, so it sucked, but it won a bunch of awards. Everybody thought it was great, and I was like, dude, this is terrible. He needs to be in front of a crowd to end it to where it makes sense, in my opinion. They need to bring him back for one more match. That was not good enough. The match. problem is I don't think it's ever going to happen because of the fact that COVID. with Yeah, with COVID, dude, I don't think that uh, fans are coming back for at least another year. Yeah, it's going to be a while. <laughs> it's so bad that um, my stepdad, he had told me to try watching uh, – AEW, which in my opinion is actually better than WWE in terms of storyline. My fear is though they're going to turn into another WCW, which is they're trying to be better, but they're probably going to fall because they spend too much time being better. I like it though. I mean, they got Chris Jericho over there. They have Taz, Hulk Hogan's going over there. They have a bunch of old WWE superstars that are there to help carry it. The problem is they have too many unknown stars that nobody cares about. 
exactly. that's the biggest that's the biggest <laughs> issue. Nobody cares about them. They're all people that didn't really Click. earn their way. Yeah, they just they kind of got thrown into it, and nobody cares. That's a big deal. Like, I think the best unknown wrestler there, his name is um, uh, fuck, what's his name? I can't remember. So basically, see, he's really unknown now. Right. <laughs> that's, what they call, that's what they call him is unknown. Well, that's what he is. He's nobody cares about him except for like until oh no no no. So he calls himself Orange Cassidy. So he looks like Ryan Gosling, and all he does is duck and dodge. He doesn't really wrestle. He just puts his hands in his jeans. He wears a short cut off jacket, denim jacket, and his slogan is "Freshly squeezed." He he barely talks, but. <laughs> Right now, he's like a hit because he got into a uh, storyline with Chris Jericho and a guy named John Moxley. For those of you that don't know, John Moxley is actually Dean Ambrose from WWE, who recently left a couple of years ago due to creative differences, whatever. But this guy, Orange Cassidy, is becoming such a big deal because of those two legends Way down. that people actually give a shit now. They want to see more of him. And I won't lie, I'm kind of drinking from the Kool-Aid. I think he's really cool. He's a wrestler you've never seen before. He's so chill. He plays the manager who doesn't get into the match, but he does. And he barely does shit. I mean, he's got into like one little bout with Chris Jericho where he beat the hell out of him. But the point is, he's supposed to be that manager character that always hangs out outside that kind of gets involved. And you've never really seen that before. That's what's cool about him. But again, that's one person out of the whole roster that nobody cares about. So do you guys know who Adam Cole is? I do know who Adam Cole is, yes. Dude, so Adam Cole goes on the Pat McAfee show. Anybody doesn't know who the Pat McAfee great show, show is? Great show. Pat McAfee <laughs> for the brand. One of the best punters of all time. Um, played for the Indianapolis Colts for a while. Uh, but he owns his own football show, and he does all kinds of sports, but mostly football. But Pat McAfee does a lot with WWE, especially NXT. He and um, Triple H are good friends, and he knows Triple H, and he does. God, announce. I love Triple H. <laughs> he doesn't. He does announce for NXT because I think Triple H owns NXT or something like that. He's the yes, manager. He owns yeah, he actually so, owns a profit of it. But go ahead. So Adam Cole goes on uh, Pat McAfee's show, and Pat McAfee's a comedian. He's one of the single funniest human beings alive, and he just starts roasting Adam Cole like I've never seen in the history of. Of his show. He's roasting him. He's saying, like, the only reason he's good is because he buddied up to some of these people. Yes. And and all kinds of stuff. And Adam Cole loses it. He throws his mic at Pat McAfee. And and he's pissed. He's, like, legit pissed. And he, like, stands up. And he's, like, running at Pat McAfee. And Pat McAfee's like, whoa, whoa. And Pat McAfee stands up. Producer comes out. Adam Cole pushes Pat McAfee's producer on the ground. (laughs) <laughs> and storms out the building. So there's a whole thing where Pat McAfee is like, I don't know what happened. And he, Triple H is like, dude, you really push his buttons. You really mess with the bat. This is kind of your fault. Pat's like, hey, I'm just be- interviewing people. And he got all pissed right. off. I can't do anything about that. <laughs> dude, and they tri- get that way, though. They really do. I mean, they do. Yeah. When I was younger, right around the time that my stepdad was uh, really into doing the promotion, uh, local promotions. 
was when Vince McMahon was being interviewed about the um, the realness of wrestling. I don't remember who he interviewed with, but he fucking flipped out. He went off on the do the interview him. He was calling him a joke and all this bullshit. It pissed him off. You can see, and what had happened was he had to do a like a follow up interview to apologize for his behavior and get a little more in depth on why he was so mad. The truth of the matter is nobody knew that wrestling was staged and it was coming out slowly. I think that's when wrestling kind of died off because you started giving away the element of surprise to all your fans. It's staged. Oh my God. (laughs) All right. If you didn't know, right. Like, when, After a while, if you don't know it's fake, there's a problem. When <laughs> I was in eight, that seven, my back every morning. <laughs> when I was when I was in middle school, I thought it was real, and my history teacher broke my heart by telling me that all this is fake. I I was like, I then I started second guessing my entire life after he told me that. I was like, her <laughs> ankle. Kurt Angle's fake, and he goes, "No, Kurt Angle's the only real one." <laughs> Kurt Angle is the only real one. Let's be Kurt honest. Kurt Angle has legit gold medals. Uh, but right. but I, was, I was like, "Oh, I was like, there's no way." He goes, "Austin, I want you to focus very hard every t- next time you're watching it." And I could just see like they're it's obvious when you, until you like someone tells you it, but once someone tells you it's obvious, you can never not see it again. Well, here's the thing, man. So. Growing up as a kid, my stepdad, he played the image of it was real. I think it, a lot of it was for my benefit. So I'd ask him, like, are you going to win tonight? Because a part of me knew that it was a little bit scripted just because I would hear him talking to his buddies that he wrestled with. But he would de- he would devote himself to not telling me for right. the element of surprise. Oh, but by the time I was older. Were, you boys were so into the illusion. It was awesome. <laughs> yes. No, it, yeah, it's true. It wasn't until I was a teenager that he was like, hey, that shit's fake. <laughs> like, He's like, God damn it, Tony. Do you, know, do you know what drives me the most crazy when watching wrestling, though? What? Okay, it happens in every tag team match, okay? And... They're sitting here and they're they're wrestling, and like he's got him on the other side of the ring, and he's like forty feet away from the other corner, and he's <laughs> doing this, like doing that. <laughs> I'm like, bro, there's no way in hell you're reaching there. You don't. I'm not believing you even trying that. You're not that stupid. <laughs> I know you've been punching the head eighteen times this week, but dude, there's no way you're that dumb. <laughs> well, see, the way I look at it right now is that wrestling is too obvious. With the fact that it is fake. I don't like that they're um, open about it. I think that if they denied it more, if they at least tried to hire better writers, because the writers right now suck, they need to get Vince Russo back. They need to get a lot of people that created the Monday Night Wars and all this shit that made it so popular, because I think it would be a little bit more original. I miss the Attitude Era, man. It is way too PG right now. Chance and I were just talking about this the other day. They don't have the violence that they used to have. They don't have the language that made it more authentic. They don't have the characters that are their names. And for the guys out there, they don't have the bra and panty matches anymore. Like, that just went away. But a lot of that is um, to do with the fact that you do have... Candy matches, by the way, are very uncomfortable. Just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, like I can, I can see where it's not the best 
decision I, to do. I will have to say, my mother came to two matches in my 11-year oh <laughs> career. Um, one was the Colorado State Fair, and it just so happened, if you guys ever watched Beyond the Mat, I was working for one of those promotions. Wait and, a minute, I did see this, yeah. Um, Bad Boys of Wrestling, That I was actually working for that promotion, and it, they wanted a bikini match. And I was like, okay, I'm in pretty good shape. I think I can handle that. Well, thinking that I'm being a little ingenious, I decided to carpet tape my bikini to my butt so I wouldn't have too much exposure, so to speak. Very bad idea because the carpet tape, first thing it did was not work and it stuck together right up my crack. Oh, no! So I had to <laughs> oh, walk no. in front of 500 and some odd people across a rodeo ring. Holy crap, there's a lot of problem. Clear across with my mother watching me with my butt hanging out for the whole world to see. <laughs> no! See, that has to suck. I think that... Yeah. I think that's a lot of the reason, too, that they stopped doing it, because there is some... I'm not big on... Um, uh, let me just put it out there. I'm not big on the whole PC bullshit that's going on today, but there is some truth to the fact that women in the 90s and 80s for wrestling were idolized as sex symbols before they actually became serious, which is what's going on now. What you see in a lot of um, wrestling matches now is you have women competing in the Money in the Bank ladder matches, which, for those that you don't know, um, Money in the Bank is basically happens once a year in WWE. So it's, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's it's between six and eight competitors who, basically the winner, um, they have to climb the ladder, they get what's called the Money in the Bank contract. And what that is, it's a contract that allows them up to a year to cash in that contract to have a chance at the women's champion. It's the same for men, but it was unheard of until 10 years ago that women were in these matches. Same with uh, Hell in a Cells. Um, tomorrow, actually, I'm going to be watching it. Tomorrow is Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, and there is a women's Hell in a Cell match. These were things you didn't hear of in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that we're starting to see more that women in wrestling, especially movies, can be seen as more than just sex symbols. They can actually be competitors. They can have their own stories. They don't have to be just something that you idolize on the sideline. I mean, they are there there really are good matches. I've seen women go at it. I mean, there was a match uh, WrestleMania about two years ago. Ronda Rousey, it was when she joined WWE. And Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter, and then another wrestler named Becky Lynch. It was a triple threat. It was the first time in history that a women's match was the main event at you know WWE. And it was actually really good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. These women beat the shit out of each other. It was a really good match. I was like, wow, they're expanding. But it, it's weird. Kind of they have a lot as far as, like, uh, the legacies, uh, right? Charlotte Flair, the people, the the women that were brought up with the brothers, the fathers, in it, um, they don't want to be seen as just the DNA. They want they want to be out there and, and be that legacy and to actually work hard. And right. 
even right. when you're even being just the TNA, there's still a lot of work that goes into it. Um, that's well, and I don't just, think yeah. people realize they they hear it's fake, but they don't realize the work that goes into it. The injuries are very real. Oh yeah, it's a hundred percent real. You can kill yourself doing wrestling. Oh, people exactly. don't understand that. But that whole thing of women becoming less sex objects and more competitors, that's what's happened to the Laundry Football League now. They're changed they're officially changing to the X League now. Wait a minute, did you say Laundry Football League? The yeah, Laundry Football League. I gotta look this up. What the fuck is that? I'm Literally lost. they play in bra and bikini or in French bikinis or shoulder pads. No. So so the Laundry Football League has been turned into the X at the um it's calling the X League now, and they're going to start phasing out. Um, they're going to start. Uh, the rumor is they're going to start phasing out um, the bikinis part of it, and start oh, focusing man. more on the actual football. Of course, they're going to still have it; they have to have it. But but they're going to start phasing it out as much. And Denver's getting a new team, but they had to cancel the season. The, the first season was supposed to be this year, but. Now they're doing next season in April is the first year, and right. Denver is, Denver just got a team. They're Denver Rush. Denver Rush, Rush. and their their name, yeah, and their freaking um logo is so cool. It's this grizzly bear built into a mountainside. It's pretty. That's sick. pretty dope. What yeah, the it's... fuck? That's one step away from <laughs> Denver Rush. And here is... I am, about thirty years too old. <laughs> no okay here's the thing i didn't know that that was a real thing but now that austin you filled me in on that i might have to look into it because i'm like wait a minute what the fuck is this yeah, yeah, like, for a long time yeah like look up just search up in your freaking um thing it'll be the first thing that comes up the x league or look the up x. laundry football hold on wait a minute if i type x on my fucking browser that's not the first AIDS. thing that's coming up. You're going to give it AIDS? <laughs> no, it's going to be something else completely different. <laughs> and I'm saying you're going to give your computer AIDS. Right. Like, you don't even have to be a person that looks at porn, dude. You type X in the browser history, and it pops up automatically. It's a target. It's not gateway. fair. It's a, it's a gateway. It is. Hey, My speaking back. of X, did you guys hear that The Rock is bought, uh, bought XFL? Yes. Yes. So they tried so to excited. it. And he's going to start oh, it I next year. So, I loved XFL when it was out. Mm-hmm. So, so what they need to do is go to smaller stadiums to maximize revenue. Yes. There's all kinds of stuff they need to do. Stadiums is the biggest part because they had these huge stadiums for a quarter of people that were actually buying there. And, and the issue is basically there's no great court. The, the quarterback plays bad, but it's going to be that way the first five years. But like there are legitimate players who like Sam Ellinger, who's the starting quarterback for University of Texas. They're saying he's going to go in the third or the fourth round. That right. guy could start on an XFL team and give Develop. that team really good, um, give him like really good play in the XFL. So it's going to take a few years for them to get on board. They just need to ride that wave. And the XFL was massively successful before it was. It was massively. Corona was the reason it died. No, it was making money hand over fist. And it has potential. Yes, the the American Football League, the Salt Lake Stallions. Um, um, there was a couple teams that were making a bunch of. Yeah, there were there a bunch of. I think the Dragons actually lost a bunch of money, but there were a bunch of teams that were making a lot of money. In the AFL, but it was a bunch of really badly managed teams that sunk it. That's what makes the NFL so crazy is that 
it is 32 different businesses all trying to run together to complement each other. People don't understand how hard that is. In the NBA, it's not like that. In the NHL, it's not like that. In the MLB, right. like that is one company that is a subsidiary owner of all these companies. The NFL isn't that. The NFL is each city or each um, team is solely owned. So if Jerry Jones owner of the Cowboys wanted to leave and join a different group, he could. Uh, collective bargaining agreement was last year, so I think it's wait six years. But, you have to buy out, though. You have to buy out. Well, yeah, Whoa. you have to buy out of the collective bargaining agreement. The the um the owners have an agreement every six seven years that say they all be in for sure for this for this long. But the NFL's ability, people talk. Oh, the NFL's badly managed everything. When you look at the the you take a deep look on how big of an absolute crap hole the organization style of everything is and how you got 32 owners who have their own ideas of what to do and profit sharing and salary cap running and all this crap. It's, it's insane. Mm -hmm. But to on the top of that though, getting back to that point, if they would do it in, in these smaller towns, cause like Salt Lake, uh, was it Oklahoma? I think had one and there's somewhere oh. else. The, the three best places were all towns that don't have football. Yeah. San Antonio is a great place to put one. San Diego yep. is a great place to put one. St. Louis would be a great place to put one. Um, the Springs in Colorado would be a good place to put one. Uh, yeah. But, but these places can make, can make, that's how they, you know, like I said, it's all about managing to find the right place to play. You put it in the right cities. I mean, some of these towns that they put it in, they don't have nothing in them. Yep. It looks so, like we have so, one out here in Seattle. Um, Chicago has one. Yeah, they're in some pretty big cities. Yeah, the the, 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 well. the, the issue Rush. is the issue what is, is the this bigger semi Austin. Hold on, go ahead. Sorry. The the issue is um with these XFL teams like Dallas and Houston, Seattle, um, New York. They all lost a bunch of money. Uh, because well, there are big cities where there's other things to do. Dallas has a good basketball team. <laughs> that's um, true. That's true. The, the the well the. No, there's no such thing as a good New York sports team. Um, Definitely not. But, no. <laughs> but well, um, here's the thing. XFL failed when it first started because of the fact that they relied on too much WWE personality. Yeah. And I know that people don't want to hear it, but that's what it ultimately was. It was a WWE product. The problem is it failed because this was right around the time that nobody gave a shit anymore. No, the the Monday Night Wars was over, so nobody cares. No, the issue with the first XFL wasn't that. It was that it was a tougher – they brain is a tougher – Oh, this ought to be good. A tougher football, one that you could kill people if you wanted to, the way that they were hitting people. Jesus but literally, Christ. the XFL started two years later. That's when we started. Oh god, my god, concussions is horrible. Oh my god, CTE is bad. Oh shoot, if if you tear your ACL, you're, you're never done. the same. And so I think people got a lot more health conscious for the players right as XFL, and XFL was about 
oh, we don't care about health and safety of players. <laughs> we want rock and sock and football. Because They're, remember, they didn't have a coin toss. The right, way that the coaches fuck them, let them get hurt. <laughs> they didn't have a coin toss. They said, okay, how are we going to figure out who gets the ball first? We're throwing this ball on the ground, and these two 350-pound men have to run full speed at each other and dive on top of this football. And, like, half the time they did it, someone got hurt. So it got to a point where there were just these tiny, like, 114-pound people who were on rosters only to do this because they knew they'd get hurt, they'd get cut at the end of the year, and, they, and they'd sign someone literally as they were walking out. They'd see random people like, hey, you want to join the football team? They'd be like, yeah. And then they'd run out, they'd get hurt, they'd cut them, and then the very that next game, hey, do you want to come work for, play right. for the football team? Jesus Christ. That was a very horrible pers- impersonation, but no, I, I can see where you're coming from. I, I get your point. Yeah, that's that's also a part of it, too. And you have to remember, the NFL has always been viewed as more of a higher standard. I don't – I think that until Colin Kaepernick, it was viewed as kind of like the big the big boy. It was the big leagues. Once oh, that yes. shit started, that's when NFL became a fucking joke, in my opinion. But Tony, the NFL is still the big boy. The no, NFL, the NFL, I bet the you NFL's TV, the NFL TV ratings, I've never been higher. Are, I bet you it's are not. still. They've been higher. The coronavirus is causing some problems. The, yeah, that's the, a big part of it. The NFL is still top out of the top ten streamed episodes during prime time not. last year. Out of the ten ep, top ten episodes that were of watches last year during prime time, five of them. Five of them were NFL games, and another two, and one was the NFL draft. You think the end people watch the NBA draft, Tony? No one watches the NBA draft. I never no, said no. anyone watches NBA. NBA let's sucks get some, too. Let's get let's get something straight. NFL football. Let me see. Sucks. Thursday, Thursday night football with the Browns and That's the Cincinnati Bengals, too. two of the worst teams in football, still had. Over one and a half million viewers in prime time. Do you, do you think do you think that the Charlotte Hornets and the Milwaukee Bucks and the Milwaukee Bucks still suck? Do you think a, a game of those two teams actually gets ratings like that? Nope. No, they lose There's, money for the NBA. The the NFL is the single biggest sports for, league in the entire world. And it and it will always be because football is the greatest sport ever invented, especially and in the United States. It was. No, it's still it, it's still one of the highest um, watched NFL programs. Fucked it up, but it was yeah. NFL is still to this year one of the top streamed events during prime time in the entire year. All right, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I stopped watching football. After the Colin Kaepernick bullshit, so I have no place in this argument. I don't. I don't let little pussy bitches like Colin Kaepernick um, dictate what I use, how I use my entertainment. It wasn't him. Dude, it was the NFL's reaction to it. It was. Bullshit. I'll say that I'll, I'll they say kicked this. him out. They kicked him out and they shut him out. They blacklisted After him for a while. No, right away. They benched his ass. Okay, he was a garbage quarterback. <laughs> He's on the bench. They're like, hey, yo. And he's like, I need no. to get some. I need to get some influence here. So he kneels to get some influence because that's the only way anybody's <laughs> going to ever realize his giant afro having self is even in the NFL <laughs> anymore. Okay, 
and After his failed argument of whole black no. person when he grew up with the white family. Away, yeah, exactly. Oh. And and so and so uh freaking Mike Mayakos, hey yo, bro, you better gotta leave. They kick him out. He gets <laughs> he gets two interviews, Tony, two interviews, oh and they from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos say hell no. The Seattle Seahawks say here's a tiny yeah, contract, here's vet here's veteran minimum. He said no, and he hasn't been on a football team ever no, since. Actually, actually uh, the Broncos oh offered him a contract. God. Okay, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't give a fuck about football anymore because of that incident. I just want Why to are you letting little that. pussies dictate <laughs> how you use your entertainment? I don't I don't use entertainment, but here's the thing. I don't even watch fucking streaming services anymore. I watch movies, that's it. But I'm not gonna lie. <clears throat> I totally baited you. I wanted to see you get pissed off. <laughs> We're because gonna talk about why, why we don't watch football anymore. It's because Tom Brady left your sorry team, and now you guys suck. That's true. I'm not gonna lie about that. That's true. You got, you got, you got Cam <laughs> dressed like him. a. You got now. You got Cam dresses like my great grandma, Mrs. Duffler. Yeah, exactly. You got Mrs. Doubtfire quarterback, and you got the midget white boy, former Super Bowl MVP midget white boy Julian Edelman at receiver, and that's it. Now I'll say, oh I'll gosh. say this for football. Football is just so loved in America. I mean, I, when you're talking about the draft, I'm one of those people. I'm a hardcore draft junkie mm. for the NFL. I I read and follow it all year. Watch tape, dude, college guys all year. Mock drafts are my cocaine. Seriously, dude, I do a line of it every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, God damn it. Hold on, Austin. I got to step away again for uh, oh, yeah. family. Go ahead, Tony. I'll be right back. No, but uh, – um, uh, so, all right, since we're on the topic of uh, NFL mock drafts, I think it's stupid that the, NF, the New York Jets are going to be the first pick if I take Trevor Lawrence and waste Sam Darnold because they can't develop a team. He's been there for th- four years. And they, well, they have they, Adam Gase, so. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, an, that's another mistake. Uh, do you all... see? Do you see Jalen Waddle got a? Uh, it's gonna be less the rest of the season. Yeah, he broke his ankle. Yeah, that was gnarly. Did you see uh, it? I was watching that game. I First didn't watch play. it. I I saw Alabama was about to score forty three. It's like Alabama's about to put eighty points up on this team. I I, I was watching the Texas game. How did they get? Did you all right? They, they won. Like Texas, they is, Texas is back. Texas is back. Texas, Texas is not back. You guys lost to Oklahoma. <laughs> well, let's be fair. Oklahoma is probably the favorite to win the national championship. So. No, they're not. They're have two losses. They're not even going to make playoffs. As soon as they lost, they fucked up because the Big 12 is too weak. That's a fact. The Big 12 is, is a weak conference. There's no defense. Every time they play somebody worth a shit, they end up getting smoked. I mean, that. look at uh, – um, Oklahoma, when they played Alabama, and everyone's like, oh, they're just going to shit over Alabama. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And they ended up just getting rolled. Made Kyler – I think it was Kyler Murray maybe or Baker Mayfield completely just shit on them. You know? I mean, same thing with Texas. Texas got – I mean, they were – I think Texas was a better team when they did. They played Alabama. They just got straight fucking punched in the mouth. And never got up. And since they can't play defense, because that's just a Big Twelve whole thing. Wait, what? This year they didn't play no, Alabama. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, the past great Big Twelve teams. Oh yeah, that Colt McCoy's hurt. Okay, 
Colt McCoy's out of that national championship game. Colt McCoy's in that game. They win. No, no way. Yeah. I would bet money on that that they don't. Big 12 is notorious for that. They have no the, – the whole no defense is what screws them. They have – they're. I'm not disagreeing. If, if it's a shootout, they'll win. But if if it comes down to a defensive uh, battle where you got to hold somebody, they can't do it. And they've Oklahoma shown it. played TCU today, right? Yeah. They, they, how, what do they do? God damn, that took forever. Okay, I'm back. I, I don't watch the game, so you're going to have to tell me. I don't, I don't watch. I'm, 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 about, I'm about to look it up. They played TCU today, I think. All right. 33-14. What are we talking about? Sports what are the scores? Still? Sorry, say it again. Uh, they beat TCU 33-14. This is a boring conversation. Dude, We're about the to the topic. Lo- who'd they lose to? They lost to Oklahoma. Lost to Iowa. What the hell? They, oh, which one? Texas or TCU? Oklahoma lost um, to Iowa. <clears throat> they've, lo- they've lost twice. They lost to uh, who else? They lost to somebody else. Hey, hey Chance. Austin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what's it's, up? As soon as you guys are done talking about that, as soon as you guys are done explaining what's going on, I'm going to explain to you what a vagina feels like. <laughs> um, I'm just going to... Uh, it's like warm apple pie. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. Um, before we get into that, okay. Um, there is something that I wanted to talk about. I mentioned it earlier in the beginning of the episode, but socialism we haven't really talked about that yet but before we get on to who believes in what austin you are the political consultant i would assume that you understand fully what the definition of socialism is can you please explain that to us before we dive into this so socialism is a is a economic system in which the the means of no the means of production would be communism so it the um is how's the best to explain it can, can you spit this out i know right no so <laughs> socialism <laughs> is when the government uh the government it's redistribution of wealth so they take it's kind of a they the best way to describe socialism is a evenness of outcome not an easy evenness of opportunity so you make fit you you make the cat so what so the difference between capitalism communism and socialism capitalism you own the cow you milk the cow you sell the milk you keep the money and you buy a herd of cattle and then you do that over and over again in communism the government owns the cow you milk the cow you, get no you milk. give them you give the milk to the government the government sells the milk and then gives you, you a cut socialism you own the cow. You do all the work. The government comes, takes half your milk, and then you sell your half. Milk. Okay. No, I, that, I figured I'd ask you before we get into that. Um, here's the thing. I've known all of you for quite some time, but I've never asked any of you how you feel about it. Now, biased as it may be, I'm pretty sure we're all on the same spectrum, but let's go one person at a time. Um, cat. What do you think about socialism? How do you feel about um, the possibilities of it being brought on to our civilization in the near future, probably soon? Well, at this point in my life, I have worked my my hiney off, 
and I would like to take what I've earned and go buy my own little island and not have anything to do with it. <laughs> you don't want to spend, you don't want to pay a 45% income tax? Oh, hell no. No, no, no. I mean, I worked my butt off most of my life and I'm, I'm not going to see a retirement even though, you know, I have worked as hard as I have my whole life. Um, but, 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 social security. I, <laughs> well, that might go away too. Yeah. I, I don't see that ever happening. And even if so, I mean, how do you, how can you expect me to live on like $1,100 a month? Exactly. You know, you can't. The only thing that's scary is like you, that guy who's, they like to say that you can live on maybe even, you know, the minimum wage is ridiculous. They say, okay, you need at least, you know, two grand a month. Who makes two grand a month and survives? Nobody. Not a person. No, I barely no. make that. Well, at least not anywhere that's got any kind of civilization. I mean, like, so rural <laughs> yeah, but... I mean, if you want to live comfortably, you basically got to make five grand or more a month. Yep. Oh, that's horrible. That's so sad too. Yeah. Damn. Um, being Belgium. a single person, I will never own a home because it takes two incomes to own a home. True. At this point. Yeah, at this point in time, it and it's and it's sad. But you know what? I'm proud that I do it on my own. I'm proud that I work my butt off and that I don't take that. I, you don't see me landing or standing in line for the government cheese. I work my hiney off. Government cheese Which, is delicious, though. No, it's a good thing that you work that hard because a lot of people, especially my age, they don't. They're they, really they the easy way out. And you know, when I was your age, okay, now I'm starting to sound really old. I, I remember <laughs> being laid off and I was horrified. And I remember so many people telling me, well, go file for unemployment. I didn't realize that was something that I paid into. <laughs> I, it never That's even, unemployment insurance. Well, that's a big part of it, yeah. It even occurred to me that I would have been entitled to that. I, it, my, what was in my mind was I need to get another job fast or I'm going to sink. Right, right. No, that's a, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that people my age don't, really take that into account like they should a lot of them do kind of think oh okay i can get assistance i can get help i'm gonna run right to that i mean yeah uh it we've all been there an emergency it was meant for an emergency right it's not it it's not supposed to be, to be a lifestyle right and um, that's the problem that's become the new norm is a lifestyle living off of it yeah i mean i had one child um Barely saw child support. We won't go there. So I I worked, and it was and nothing. Your mom worked very hard too. She had five kids. Yeah, she did. I mean, she worked very hard too. But there were there are a lot of women out there that have five, six, seven, eight kids, and don't work a di- don't work a day. Well, as much as I love her, I have no idea how she had five kids. That is the craziest part. I joke around <laughs> with I have another friend that had five kids too. So you guys were the Lux five and they were the bunker five. And I didn't even bother learning kids' names. I just numbered you all. <laughs> <laughs> thing one, you were num- thing you two, were thing two. 
Hijo one, hijo two, hijo <laughs> hijo uno, hijo dos. Well, at that time, uh, my my two younger brothers, they were Dylan was barely born, Keegan was a newborn, so it was it was definitely different. That's for sure. Yeah. God, they're like. They're older now. One's a teenager and one's on his own. That's how old everything is. That's how much time has passed. We'll just put it that way. Oh, yeah. The time has definitely passed. My son is going to be 29. So it blows me away every day when I think of that. That is something. I mean, I'm going to be 28 in November, and I'm scared because I joke with my wife. I'm like, dude, I'm almost 30. She's going to be 30 in August, but... I'm scared because I'm like, dude, I'm like right there. That freaks me out, especially because my mom and dad both, and biologically speaking, they're both talking about back pain. I get scared because they're both in their mid to late 40s. Actually, no, that's not true. My dad's early 50s, but they're right at that point where they're talking about back pain, and I get scared because I look at it as, oh, my God, I'm like 10, 15 years away from it. Oh, yeah, and it hits you fast. You wake up one day, and it's like, whoa, when did that happen? That's scary. I mean, for me, I think it started to hit me when, um, let's see, I'm 27, and if I drink a lot and I wake up hungover, it hits me a little bit differently. So when I was 19, it wasn't a big deal. I can get up, I can go to work, I can go to school, whatever. At my age... At my age, it sucks. It's really hard. Like I feel sick as shit the next day. That's why so you it's... say no to drugs, kids. <laughs> dare, dare. Let me think when you turn fifty, Tony. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah. for me, it just Dude, sucks. Cause... Go ahead, I, Austin. I can't wait for Tony to be fifty, man. He's gonna get that contractor mustache. He's gonna get that contractor mustache, and he's gonna be so cynical. It's gonna be so great. I have it's a porn so star mustache. What are you talking about? No, no. The other day, you guys should have seen his contractor mustache. I had to fight so hard to not ask him to put up the drywall in my ba- in my basement. You did so say great. that. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> No, but, <laughs> dude, I can't wait till he's 50. He's going to be slightly bent over. He's going to have that freaking contractor mustache. And he's going to get one of those straw hats. And he's going to be sitting <laughs> at that table right there with a modelo in his hand. He's going to be sitting here just staring. And oh, someone's going to. Oh, my ass. More <laughs> <deserve>. <laughs> he's going to be just That's sitting there. He's going to be just sitting here. And just randomly, he'll just start talking about the most random stuff. I can't wait. He's going to be so cynical. Uh-huh, my name Jose. <laughs> he's gonna be like, he's gonna be like Olivia, Olivia, what the no. hell are you wearing? Don't like, stop it! I had that fucking problem today. So she went to my, um, so my brother Keegan, uh, he's got a girlfriend. He just had a kid with recently. Well, anyway, they had a Halloween party and she was going to it. My fucking problem was the fact that she was wearing makeup. Not just any makeup. She was wearing my wife's makeup. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what is this shit? She comes out and she's like, daddy, don't I look pretty? And I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know how to crush her dreams. I didn't want to tell her like, hey, listen, you can't dress like that until you're like 17. So, no, 
I didn't know how to deal with it. I was like, um, yeah, you look great. Just go do what you want to do. <laughs> I kind of feel like shit for saying that. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if I told her no, we all know how that would go. Therapy. She would probably still do it. Did oh, you yeah. say therapy? Yeah, because that's what you were saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that, no, I that's need true. everybody to look at the chat. This is going to be Tony when he's 50. Hold on. What the fuck did you just send me? So the truth is, yeah, I would rather pay... For the therapy for my daughter who says that daddy didn't play with me when I was younger than to actually get on the fucking ground and play Barbies with her. I know how shitty that sounds, but <laughs> what did you just say? This is Tony when he's 50. Hold on. I'm about Combat to Carl. shit up. Did you fucking email me? No, I sent it in the chat in the um, Skype awesome. chat. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking right now. <laughs> this is shit. That looks spot on. (laughs) Hold up, hold up, hold up. It's going to be Tony when he's 50. You better get it right, dude. First off, (laughs) I wear a suit and tie. Nope, not when you're 50. I'm the assistant director. Nope, that tie tie will not be on when you're 50. Well, maybe. I'm the assistant director. Basically, I do my boss's job while he's sitting in his office fucking off. Oh, you're yeah, going to be the director. You'll be the director by the time you're 50, so you you won't wear that tie. They'll walk in, you'll, they'll walk in and be like, Tony, your tie. You'll be like, I no. wore a t- I've been here for 45 years. You know how <laughs> shitty that is, though? Tie. The director only makes like 70000 a year. That's kind of shitty, in my opinion. Oh. I don't make barely shit, but still, that's a, that would be horrible. That's like a stepping stone. I'm making this... This is now my um, contact for Tony in my phone. Hold this, up, this wait a image. <laughs> so, before we get off off topic, Austin, Done, your fucking intern sent me a text message before we got on this podcast telling me that you were going to be late. My first response was, wait a minute. <laughs> my, <laughs> my wife's not cousin. Diet cousin. Has a fucking in- diet cousin. My Come wife's here, diet right? cousin has an intern. I have two. You have two. How much do you yeah. pay these guys? Nothing. Uh, nothing. It's an internship. They do it to earn a spot it's, to get experience. Cla- it's, so it's class credit. Basically, they get shamed for free. Yep. Yep. How the you fuck? Just... You, how much are you going to pay me just to pass out flyers? None. None. That's freedom. But depends on what job you're working. I got some $16 an hour. I got some $18 an hour. You want to go to Ohio? I got a $22 an hour. I don't want to go to Ohio, but <laughs> I have three years of supervisor and manager and administrator experience. Sixteen twenty-five. Definitely do some shit for you. Yeah, the only administrator that I have in my budget is me and Barb. And Barb's What's not going up, anywhere. Fire her. She's, four, she's forty-five and primed. Dude, Barb can do things you can't. Are you sure? Yep. yep. <laughs> well, I mean, so, besides the sexual innuendo. No, wait. Time out. <laughs> liar. Don't lie, dude. <laughs> no. Tony, Tony, can you He's sexting you and shit. <laughs> can, can, you, can you move I'm balance? not doing it. Fuck that. No, Barb can, Barb can type 35 words a minute. Yeah. Bro, that, that, that's I can some text a thousand words in a minute. You want to Not good tr- enough. Not good enough. You got to type it. No, I'm not going to bet. Fuck that. No. <laughs> Because my job requires me to babysit people. I'm not going any further. <laughs> Screw that. No, no, no. That's, that's I just why Bar- babysit Barb where she's at. people. That's it. That's why Barb is where she's at. She's worked for that. <laughs> yeah, how old is... Wait, 
without getting okay, hold on. Let's let's give a code name. Deb. <laughs> How old is Deb? Thirty-five. Barb is sixty-one. Oh my god. Sixty-one and working for your ass. You're like what, twenty-six, twenty-five? Twenty-three. No fucking way, really? Uh nope. she just she just books flights. She books flights and books hotels and oh my god books rental cars and stuff. I would hate having you as a boss so much. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm cool because you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I love hanging out with you, but you are a dick. Like, <laughs> probably yelling at her and shit. For <laughs> I do not. I do not yell at Barb. Okay. I have I never. Mean, I have never raised my voice to Barb because Barb does her job. <laughs> Barb is an angel. Send yeah. by God. Yeah, no, have but you ever the... seen uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? I've seen all of them. When he yells at her, he's like, fucking whore, learn how to make coffee. <laughs> that's that's Austin. <laughs> no, it's not. In a nutshell. I've seen, all... I've seen it. We all, met... we all met at a Starbucks. All right, all right. All right. He yelled Before at we Dib. get off topic. Let's move on to the next topic. Okay. Um, wait a minute. No, 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 we already talked about that. I got. No, no, I got. We, some... we we really need to dig a little bit deeper here on why Austin's an asshole. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Is, Give me one example where I was where I was an asshole to somebody. Other that, than not that I've seen. Well, here's that, the thing, Austin. Do you mind if I get into it personally? Like, if I put your shit on blast, or are you? No, kinda... I I have zero. Go I raw. Give zero cares. All right, I'm about to raw dog it. So here we go. Spit, spit. It can be rough. Me and Aaron are drunk as fuck, and we're in your car. Aaron, Aaron is in the back, and he's swinging all over. We get to King Supers. There is a forty. 40- <laughs> she's hinting at the fact that she wants to go to bed with you and what does your ass do no. you walk away and I was like Austin she's hinting that she wants to get to bed with you what the fuck are you doing and he was like no, no she's married she's married that doesn't make me an asshole that makes me she a good just, person if she's trying to get to bed with you she probably hates him well, then get a divorce and then come talk to me. No fucking I, way. I, I ain't no homebreaker. Plus, I don't know this woman. She could have gonorrhea or something. The clap. No, hold for, on. Wait a minute. For all I know, she's some Democrat operative who's going to take pictures of me naked Austin. in the Austin. middle of the night. This was a mid-40s woman talking with you about tariffs. Sounds there catch. is no way that she had gonorrhea. At the very least, she was trying to give you a hand job. <laughs> when I said, hey, have you ever met my friend? Austin wants to meet you. She was fucking blushing. <laughs> she was standing right there in front of her car. And I was like, Austin wants to meet you. What is it you do? You get into the driver's seat. <laughs> you tell my drunk ass to get back in the passenger seat. Austin is in the back. Or Aaron, sorry. Aaron's in the back. He's got a bump on his head because he's way too drunk to fucking put a seatbelt on. But the point is... No. You have an older woman that's like, hey, let's talk about tariffs. Like, who the fuck wants to talk about tariffs with anybody? 
She wanted to attack that dick. Yes, she did. She wanted Austin, dude. So hold on. She so him all the so, way, but he refused. So how does this make me an asshole that I respected the sanctity of marriage? It was all in the wait way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. If she was hitting on you, she gave no shit about that fucking marriage. That doesn't make you an asshole. That makes you. Never mind. I'm not gonna Seth, get there. Mom is making a house salad. She needs some Seth's own dressing. Seth's own dressing. She needs some Austin dressing. <laughs> Before it gets inappropriate, the point is, Austin, you're not an asshole. You're just an asshole for assuming something. <laughs> okay, look, I can get where you're coming from. I Better safe than sorry. No, that's true, because what if she was a serial killer? Okay, yeah, Sarah, that's, that was not the thing that crossed my mind. But um, what my thing is, oh, I meet up with some chick in a uh, all freaking King Super's parking lot. I hit, her, I, I, hit, I hit her with the power seats. The power and, seats. All right. Oh my god! And, next level. And then I'm I'm like appointed to Secretary of State, and I'm in a confirmation hearing, and some chick walks in. I was in a King Super's parking lot, and this guy <laughs> raped me in the back of his this Explorer. In the back of his camper, and Austin's like, I did not have sexual relationships with that woman. We were she just talking about on. tariffs. <laughs> she she texts my dick. <laughs> non consensual. For our 23 listeners that don't know, as I've always said in every episode, Austin is a political consultant. So basically, if Austin ever runs for president, all people have to do is go on Twitter, Facebook, and they look up this motherfucker's name. Ruined. And they find my podcast and they say, <laughs> this shit. It's yeah, game over, man. It's game it's over. It's game over, yeah. Austin will never run for president of the United States. I have no desire to be president. That's, that's, too, that's too much stress. All right, Obama. God. All right, what are you drinking? Oh, Obama talked about wanting to be president when he was a community organizer in South um, Chicago. Right, right. Actually, you know what? This is a good topic. Kat, how did you feel about Obama in his eight years? I will just say I was not a fan. <laughs> I can I agree. Not a fan. Um, no. Go ahead. I, I think his intentions were good. Or at least he thought his intentions were good. But I don't really think he accomplished anything. He was more angry. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of hot air being blown. And no, I agree. His, and because of everything that was happening, it, it was taken in. I mean, t- speaking back to that, Tony, since we're talking about it, you know, when that w- he was coming up when we were coming out of school. Remember? No, I remember. We were big supporters. But the problem is, is I didn't... Okay, we I weren't think a of lot of support. our cultural differences and a lot of um, a lot of what we're dealing with now I think we're rooted from him with Obama. Yeah. Um, with what's going the temperament of our country now, I think is we're being set back about 50 years. At least. At least. Um, right. It's gotten to the point now. And yes, I will, I will say right out the bat that black lives do matters, but all lives matter and they are segregating themselves. They're putting 100%. themselves back. Into what they want out of. Yeah, it, they want they want this so badly that they're segregating themselves and isolating themselves again. 
I agree, but okay, so I'm going to sound racist for saying this, but I've been waiting all podcasts to say this. So the other day, as some of you know, I use the bus to get to work, right? Well, I paid for the ticket. I went on the bus and I was like, how funny. Black people fought so hard to sit at the front just so they can optionally sit in the back where I was at. And it kind of pissed me off because I was like, wait a minute, hold up. You guys get mad. You want to sit up front and I'm fucking back here. You're with me. That makes no sense at all. Exactly. And uh, one thing that really got to me not too long ago was I was watching TV and there was a commercial for a black only social club. That sounds racist within itself. Right. Yeah. Well, like. Well, if if that same commercial was about white men having a social club, racist. what do you think would happen? Right. You know, exactly. It would, it would. There would have been a huge, huge controversy over that. But yeah, it's they, okay they don't usually allow do ads for the KKK on. Well, right. no, that's the thing. It's okay for black people to have their own month, their own holiday, but it's not okay for white people to do it. No, that's racist. That bothers the fuck out of me. That really annoys me. And right, you know, and and I will, I will say, if you, this is kind of an interesting thought for everyone to kind of think about. I've done a lot of my ancestry history, and I've gone, I've traced back, and there were three brothers in my dad's line that came over from Europe. Right, and three brothers, one, and all of them, and I, you know. They all had slaves. And am I disappointed? Well, yeah, I am. But it wasn't me. And we know better now. Right, right. The the argument is is that they knew better then too, but they continued to do it. And that was the normal. That was the norm. It was normal then. But one brother bred with his slaves and had children. And that line, out of out of one of his children, one of the black children went to Jamaica and started the Red Cross. My line was the white brother that he married the white woman, did what he was supposed to do, he bred. There's no black, but I've got all these black cousins in Jamaica, which is kind of interesting. That's cool. <laughs> but... I did. I'm not the one that owned the slavery. So why do I get punished? Why am I getting punished? Why am I being criticized because something my family did 150 years ago? For so, real, that drives me up a freaking. It, it, it makes me absolutely wall. crazy. They weren't any any. And I'm sorry if there is a black man today who is still alive and was a slave in the old South. I would gladly give you the shirt off my back, but there isn't. <laughs> Fact. But, but yeah. Um, and they don't. And the, the thing that really irritates me too is that their ancestors, they endured the true um, suffrage. I mean, everything, everything that yeah. was wrong with that, they endured, and they act like they still they go through that. Like yeah. you were and, not beat the shit out of for something you wanted to do. You were not. Um, taken advantage of like that, you weren't. Uh, I, I mean, not that I was either. I, I know it, but I don't pretend to act like I've gone through that. But you it know, is. You, you, 
Yeah, I mean, they have every opportunity to better themselves, and they choose not to. But yes, there is the people that our... are the people that are complaining about it and how the black men and the black women are being treated are the ones that I'm sorry they're putting themselves in a situation to be treated that way. Yes, they're 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 they're, they're, bec- they're becoming yeah they're becoming the statistic that they swore up and down they didn't want to be exactly. But there, it is inarguable that there are lingering effects from that that are still affect people today. Whether it's redlining in district in uh, gerrymandered districting, or it is a, or the way that uh, property taxes are taken uh, in areas and mill levies and different um, things like that. So to blanketly pretend or to blanketly say that oh because you weren't a slave you aren't inalienably affected by slavery and it's um by a byproduct of rate of countrywide racism is that to pretend it's not existence is to completely ignore a major contributing factor to a lot of issues um now i'm not pro-slavery reparations but there there are a lot of effects that some people do take it too far but there are a lot of effects from especially Jim Crow era that still affect mostly black and other poor people a massive level true and unfortunately it's something that I would love in my lifetime to see get better but I don't think it's going to happen no, I don't think so. I don't think, and, and a lot of it, in, and it's unfortunate. Um, it breaks my heart to see, you know, some of the stuff we see on TV as far as, you know, the police automatically assuming. But I find myself doing it too, unfortunately. And I, I didn't really notice that I did it until I was walking in downtown Seattle. And... I had to go down there for a doctor's appointment or I would have avoided downtown Seattle like crazy, especially this past summer. It was insane down there this past summer. But I noticed that walking down the street that I would see a black man walking towards me. I automatically put my purse to the other side, you know, walked a little further away, just automatically without even realizing I was doing it. Um, and a lot of it, I think, is the, the temperament of what was going on down there. I mean, people were looking at it as a tourist attraction. I heard of people taking their dates down there just to see what was going on. It was horrible. The violence that they, they didn't put a lot of the violence that was going on down there on TV. There was Ooh, so stop. much more violence that was going on down there. Um, there, there were shootings. I and Tony knows this, but I, I work in a hospital and I talked to people that were working in the hospitals that were just a few blocks away from this um, anti-police zone. They were getting stabbings of four to five an hour coming into those ERs down there. Holy cow. It was just, and, and it was just stupid. Um, my ex-boyfriend had two sons that decided to go down there to show support for them. They have, um, his ex-wife had three daughters by a black man. And so they thought they would go down there to support their, 
their black sisters and to go down there. They went down there in a peaceful aspect. They just showed up down there thinking that they were showing support and they ended up in the ER being stabbed because they were white boys. Ouch. Um, That's sad. And the sad part is, is that our Seattle Police Department, their police chief is a black woman. She couldn't do anything that she was actually told not to pro or not to prosecute anyone or arrest anyone involved in in the um, violence. Right. Jenny Durkin's area. like Jenny Durkin's yeah. like top five worst mayors in yes. the country. And um good friend of mine was a detective in Seattle. He's he's he retired. He said, I can't do it. The police chief wanted to step down. Um, they were having stabbing, shooting, but they wouldn't let the police in to help the people. They wouldn't let ambulances in. Unless, and then they were demanding that, okay, we'll, we will let black doctors in. Well, isn't that something that they were fighting against? Having to have just black treating black? They wanted, the, they wanted good doctors. <laughs> you know? it just well, that's a big part of it, yeah. Yeah, they were getting, and like I said, just the ERs were so overwhelmed, and we were supposed to be worried about having the ERs cleared for COVID. Right. (laughs) You know, it's, it it was just crazy. And like I said, they were looking at it as a tourist attraction. People were going down there like they were, I mean, this is going to sound horrible, like they were going to the zoo. That's true. No, that's true. That's a that's a big problem right now. The biggest issue, especially with COVID, is that you've got so many people going into one area. I think that's where people focus too much on. But it's the truth. I mean, I would love to go to a bar. The problem is, is you got 50 to 100 people going there. So my issue is not that I want to be part of it. I'm just worried about the news. I don't want to be a stigma. And it it sounded really silly to me when they said, okay, we'll open the bars, but we're going to close them at 10 o'clock. It's really silly. Yeah, You open it for four or five hours? The first thing that crossed my mind was, oh, I get it. The virus only happens after 10. Right. No, that's a big (laughs) part of it. Yeah, that's... Our governor is a fucking idiot, for one, but... <laughs> I, I think second... they're related. I think the uh, Inslee here in Washington is related, so... They've got to be, because the whole, oh, after 10, you got to go home. That doesn't make sense. I mean, it's just like the whole, you need to wear a mask to go into the bar or the restaurant, but you can take it off to eat and all that. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Any sense. Um... When Inslee I, ran for president, I was laughing so hard. Oh, yeah. so his entire platform was, we need to save Earth. Okay, how? Uh... Oh, yeah, exactly. Don't know, boss. Hey, boo-boo. I got a picnic for you. He's doing that uh, Al Gore shit. He's like, it's Man Bear Pig. I told you it was real. <laughs> I'm like, people are like, hey, uh, Mayor Inslee, or um, Governor Inslee, you know that since you became governor, you have lost over 50% of your GDP in your state, right? You were like the third highest growing of GDP in the entire country, and now you're like bottom 15. <laughs> like, why are you running for president? You're right. a bad governor. Yeah, oh, he's That's horrible. A... Horrible. 
I mean, yeah, you don't want to get me going on that platform. <laughs> I do, actually. I want to hear this. What do you... All right, Kat, open up it, to me. What is this? It's just... Okay. Coming from Colorado, and I thought, right. okay, Colorado, pretty liberal. A lot of, you know, I thought, okay, yeah, things... And as I've gotten older, I've noticed I'm becoming more and more and more conservative. I get out of here, and it is like everybody's brain has completely fallen out. 100%, yep. 100%. It's just um, the homeless situation out here is insane. Is ridiculous. It is. It's awful. Ridiculous. They are camping. I mean, you can't drive through Seattle without seeing huge encampments. That's Denver. And they're, I mean, it's 10 times worse than Denver. It's so bad. It's, There's like 13,000 homeless people in um, Seattle. Yeah, and their answer to it is, well, um, they they actually will give you a tent and a blanket. If That's crazy. Yeah, they'll give you a tent and a blanket if, you're, if you become homeless here. They actually passed a law that it was illegal to tell people not to... Um, that they could actually, if they could prove they were living in their vehicle, they could park in no parking zones. Did they, did they make it legal, illegal for a police officer to move a homeless person's stuff if they're on a public sidewalk? They did that too. And just crazy. You can be walking down a sidewalk in downtown Seattle and you can have a homeless person pitch a tent right in front of you, block the sidewalk, and sleep right there. And you can't do a thing about it. They are crapping in the middle of public streets. That's disgusting. It is. Because their logic was, we're going to close the public restrooms because they're shooting heroin up there. So That's sad. So people are crapping in the streets, but then they'll open a legal place for them to go shoot up heroin and give them clean needles a block away. So they tried to pass that in Colorado, and they got so much blowback. And I kind of wish they would have done that here. Um, it's pretty bad up here. I, you know, I've been back home and I, I see it. And then I come out here and I'm thinking, okay, it is worse out here. But it, it breaks my heart to see Colorado going down the same path. Um, the, it's, it's insane how bad it it's is. It's insane. Getting... Working in the ER, um, being in the lab in downtown Seattle. I did that for close to three years. And on nights when it got cold, the homeless learned that all they had to do was go to the ER, say they had a chest pain, and they automatically were admitted for at least two nights. They got a warm bed, three meals, automatically. No questions asked, basically. Oh, you had chest pains? They were put up for the night. So what they would do when they get released, they had to wait at least eight hours before they could go back into the ER. So they would go out and they would sit within a block away from the hospital, wait another eight hours and go back and say they had chest pains. The hospitals were full all winter with homeless people. That sounds like Denver health down here. Yeah. As much yeah. as I hate saying that. Yeah. Plus they got haircuts, they got baths, they got deloused food. Right. Everything they needed. That's probably Whitmer's the worst, then Cuomo, then Inslee, probably. Well, a lot of it too is um, in enabling. So, as much as I do feel our feel for our homeless population, 
We do enable a lot of them. We do enable a lot of them. And, they, and the unfortunate thing is there's a lot that slipped through the cracks too, because I really feel that most of them is mental health. I don't think it is, yeah. It's mental health that they're not getting the mental health help. If they had that, I think they would probably be fine. Do better. They would do better. There wouldn't be as many. And there's a lot of young people here. A lot of them are young people. And I would say um, late teens, 20 to 30 year olds that are homeless out here. And a lot of it is because they just flat out don't want to do anything. That is so sad, but it's true. They don't, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. They've learned that, you know, I can, if I stand out here on the street corner, I can make, you know, 25 bucks or whatever. And meals, they gave me my tent. I've got a sleeping bag. I can just go sleep over here for a while. And then they trash everything. They don't exactly. there's no sanitation. There's, um, they just trash everywhere. There's no dumpsters or anything. They just throw out their trash outside their tent and they sleep in the filth. They don't care. That's so awful. It's sad. I, I do feel for them, but it is a lifestyle too. I mean, a lot of them, they just need to be booted to the side because the problem is our government tries so hard to take care of them, but they just, they boot them to another state. That state has to deal with them. And then in turn, that state boots them to the next. Next state. And, and Washington won't, won't boot them anywhere. Right. That's and ours. They'll, they'll boot them to another city, but they come back. Yeah. And I moved north. I started out south by Tacoma. Right. And I slowly migrated north. Um, I lived about 20 minutes from the airport, um, 20 minutes from downtown Seattle for about two years. I couldn't stand it. It drove me absolutely crazy. Because I understand was, that, yeah. Well, I mean, you could hear gunshots at all hours of the night. Um, people, I mean, you couldn't even walk, get out of your car and walk into the grocery store without people asking you for money. Um, just panhandling or those. Right. And then you could you could have a drink in your hand and they could, they, they'll try to take it right out of your hand. That's crazy. Yeah. And it sounds um, like five points down here. Yeah. And it's like that everywhere. And they're slowly migrating north. I mean, they're, they're migrating and driving I-5 from where I live. I live about 60 miles north of Seattle now. Um, so I'm right between Seattle and the border of Canada. Oh, okay. Um, there's a naval shipyard very close. So a lot of Navy people coming in. But between Everett, which is where the Navy shipyard is, and Seattle, the highway is pretty much lined completely with tents. That's right. gross. And homeless people. And it goes all the way down into Tacoma. <clears throat> oh, my God. Chance, have you been downtown at all? Actually, yeah. I went, um, there's a place here called Bourbon Grill. Right. My favorite place to get lunch. I haven't been there for a while, and someone brought it up on Facebook. So I was like, oh, you know that... I think I'm going to go there for lunch. That's where I'm going to go. I went down there because right on Colfax. Yeah. Right Colfax and Ogden. Dude, and it's I, a fucking nightmare on Elm Street down here. I went to go get my food and literally like 30 people from McDonald's. <laughs> like 100 feet I had to walk. I'm not even joking. Just all over. It's it's homeless everywhere, dude. Austin, like two weeks straight, he was picking me up. 
from work. So that way we could do a podcast in his camper. That was our original studio. But he was picking me up, and there's fucking homeless people, like, everywhere for four or five blocks. It is bad downtown, dude. It is so horrible that people are moving out. Basically, it's that classic story of don't don't California my Colorado. That's what's happening. A lot of these people are like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's move to Texas. They go there, but the Texans are like, listen, you left a shitty situation. Do not vote for that shitty situation here. I do believe that a lot of them are kind of getting the point. It takes a while, but some of them are getting it. Hey, well, you know, it's, it's just crazy, you know, us as a country, we give all these all this money to other countries, but we don't put in the time to fix fix this homeless thing. And I think it's getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, we don't fix what's right in our own backyard. And it's and it's crazy to think that we just you know all this money that we've dumped you know from Haiti to uh, uh, what was the other place that got hit really hard with that hurricane. Long story short, though, but you know we've given hundreds of millions of dollars and. All that hundreds of millions of dollars. How much could we have, have fixed what's going on here, or made a, a real effort to figure out what we can do better as a country? Well, and and I agree because here's the way I see it. People call me racist across the board, but I think that we need to take care of our country first. Stop worrying about immigrants. And we need to worry about our veterans, the exactly. poor people. We need to worry about that before we worry about other countries. And that is why I'm going to vote for Trump. That's a big reason why I'm voting for Trump, because in my lifetime, again, I'm barely turning 28. In my lifetime, that is the first president we've had who actually deals with that stuff, who actually tackles those topics. Every president. So, OK, what's that like two yeah, Bush George, and Obama? Yeah. George W. Bush was a little bit um, preoccupied trying to stop well, white terror. Okay, I'll give him that. But Obama, dude, let's be honest, he had every chance and he didn't do it. He didn't do it, yeah. And I'll go as far as saying he was one of the worst presidents we've had. Because let's do the numbers. He put us in more debt than all presidents combined. Now, you can say that has to do with the change in times. But the fact of the matter is, he fucked us over. The issue is, is that Obama tried because he was economically illiterate. But you can't yeah. be a well, yeah. Democrat and be economically literate. So right, that's the biggest problem. No, um, that's that's one hundred percent. Yeah, Obama's had two stimulus packages, which were meant purposely to stop to stop that. But what we need to understand is this is governor and mayor's jobs, not yeah. federal government jobs. All right, Trump, Trump shouldn't care about. Fixing the home, massive homelessness issue in Michigan or Seattle. People in Seattle and Michigan and Denver need to vote out Hick and Looper, vote out Joni Inman, and vote out these uh, horrible mayors, and have them fix the problem. And it's no going to be more. The way do. to fix it, it be, the fix needs to be more public funding for mental hospitals and mental health facilities. Right. It's something about 70-something percent of all homeless people are homeless, large part because they are mentally unfit to hold a job or to live by themselves. Yep, and need help. That's true, very true. Well, that's a big part of it. If states start reprioritizing um, 
sorry prioritizing mental health again. <clears throat> Greg Abbott in Texas and Ron DeSantis in Florida and Doug Ducey in um, Arizona have all started programs to take to not to throw homeless people in prison, but to help them get the mental um, health help they need in order to become productive members of society. And homeless rates in Arizona, Florida, and Texas have all gone down exponentially since it started. Right. So, so oh, remember, exactly. the, the, a lot of these problems, they're not on the federal government to fix. Need good governors, good mayors who actually care about fixing the problem. Because, no, saying, yeah. because Michael Hancock, who's the mayor of Denver, doesn't care about fixing the problem. Because no, homeless people not. vote. And homeless people know that if they vote, they vote in Denver. Because all you need to do to vote in the state of Colorado is a cross street. You don't even need an address. Right. So homeless people vote. And they voted in large numbers for Mayor Hancock because they know Mayor Hancock is going to pedal toward them and give them the things that they want. That's a little scary, though. That's that's just like people that died. They can be used as a fucking vote. That's what they're doing. They are. They're doing it. Um, that's that's really scary. I think that's fucking. That's um. How's the word I'm looking for? That's a big part of uh, not so not necessarily shows socialism, but that's a big part of. Abusing power, in my opinion, that that's I've, the first step to invasion. I've seen on our community boards out here so many people posting that they received uh, mail-in ballots for people that had passed away in their households. Right, and that's that by mistake. Yeah, by mistake. How many of those are going in? <laughs> no, but I'm I'm saying that's not by mistake. They're sending that no knowing yeah. they're going to get somebody to send knowing that. Somebody's going to vote. And well, yeah. Out here, and I don't know if Colorado's changed it, but here it is pretty much only <clears throat> mail in ballots. And the drop off ballot boxes have been torched, they've been lit on fire. Um, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. It, there's something definitely wrong with, with the system. There is. If anything ever happens to me, I'm begging all of you. Please don't let me be a part of a liberal vote. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not 100% Republican. Well, I guess to other people I'd be considered that. I'm conservative. I'll vote for who I feel has the best policy, but please, for the love of God, do not let me become a part of somebody's fucking vote to ban guns or whatever horrible shit you can think of that'll be put on America Unless it's for something good, please don't let my fucking vote be continued. If I die, I'm dead. That's done. There's nothing else beyond that. Yeah, there's nothing that... Um, yeah, here yeah, in Colorado, we... It, it all goes down to, um, again, the education. People need to really look and have their own voice and not go with what their friends say, the peer pressure, or my parents... One hundred percent. This way, they need to look and actually vote with their own conscience. Um, they do, they, yeah. And there's a reason why it's a uh, private vote. <laughs> oh, right, vote. right. That's the biggest problem: is people are influenced. Yeah. I mean, that's what um, drove me to voting for Obama. My first time voting was um, 
I was influenced. I had a lot of people tell me, you know what? This is the guy you want. If you want to make America better, this is the guy you go for. And I voted. I will say that I was not only uneducated, but I just was influenced by friends. So mm-hmm. not only do I regret it, but basically I made a really terrible decision based on peer pressure. Yeah, and that's a lot of it. Like I was saying earlier about the women um, being told to vote with whatever they their husband wanted or their parents right. wanted. If, if everyone actually took and actually looked at it, Hopefully, I would like to think that humanity does have some sense of common sense there. But there is just a little bit left out there. Well, right, right, right. That's the way I see it, too. You know what? Now that we're kind of um, breaking ground with women voting, I've got to ask it. Um, Kat, what is your opinion on feminism today? So, in my opinion... It's a little bit different than what it used to be back in the 60s and 70s. How do you feel about it now in modern day times? I still think we have a little ways to go. Um, Women are still not making as much money as the men. Um, Which is sad because there are some brilliant women out there that are probably better in their field than a lot of the men. Um, Uh, Did you know that women actually make 25 cents an hour more than men in similar, um, in similar, um, job roles. When you, when you, when you properly total for hours work and, um, no experience, women actually make 25 cents an hour more than men. So the, 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 what is it? 76 cents on the dollar. It's well, a wage gap. It's what they say. Okay. It base it based on um, position, right? Because here's the thing: I don't believe that women make more than men. I believe that women just happen to be in positions where they make more than men do. I mean, so, so when you more men want to be construction workers, and, and in some cases, there there are a lot of women that are not getting the jobs that they're probably um, qualified for. That they still. There's still some boys clubs out there. There, there is right. a, there is a level of some boy of of, yeah. of but, um, but the seventy six cents in the hour myth is the reason it's perpetuated because the way it's calculated they take total of money of women earned in a year in per hour and total money men make in a year and group it and compare it. The right. issue is is that women don't take jobs that pay as much as men. It just doesn't happen. Women do not do not work in mines. They don't women well, don't they don't deliver trash. They aren't trash men. They don't they don't overwhelmingly they aren't firemen and overwhelmingly and when you take into account job roles where women tend to be school teachers and they tend to be social workers and working with people um men tend to have more dangerous jobs like mining and oil rig work and but the biggest contributor is that men work more hours in a, t- in, a in a course of a week than a, than what most women do there are some women who are very career oriented and career driven but men and women are different and women tend to like to go home and see their children and help be 
monumental in their lives. There are a lot of men out there who are career driven and not family driven and tend to work far more hours. Well, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Worked, I'm a Go ahead. Worked, I, I worked in the car business for 10 years. Um, and this is, is a very interesting example. There were several times I was up for a sales management position or a finance manager's position. I trained men. They actually hired men to do the position over me because I was a woman and I had a son at home. Even though I worked those same hours and was willing to work those same hours, they still promoted the men and they expected me to train them. And it happened four different times. So needless to say, I'm no longer in the car business. I can see that. It definitely does happen for sure. And when you point out exact examples of the issue, then we can fight against those exact those those exact instances of things like that. But stating this overall argument of oh, women make less money than men. Men spend fourteen, fifteen percent more time at work. They're nine times more likely to die. And um, when it comes to specialization work, men tend to choose the highest paid. Well. Uh, and men tend to have uh, 90% of the top five highest paid college majors. Um, so the, 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 when, you, when you talk about women who have the same specialization, who work in the same field, who are ch- childless, they tend to make 25% more than men in the same, with the same specializations and the same family life and the but there are issues of individual instances of that, but it, it takes pointing those individual instances out so we can fight them together and prove them because that's illegal. You know, well, I'll, 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 oh. go ahead, go ahead, Chance. Sorry, I was saying because we're speaking about it like this for like me because I work for Coke, obviously, and we score each other all the time on uh, diversity and, and bringing stuff up. So for like my department, because I work, I'm a class A. Work in distribution. I'm a supervisor. I employ 60 guys with class A's. I have a fully ethnic diverse group, but I have no women, so I score lower for that. Which, to that point of uh, um, diversity and giving women equal opportunity, women just don't apply to do to deliver soda because it's a hard job. Not saying they can't do it, but most women don't apply for that. I in my have a- 50 pound um lift requirement right yeah yeah but that means but that you know that's in your application yeah but you know. yeah not all women can do that true but you know i've been a supervisor for i'm gonna go on to two years now but i've been in distribution for about five or four we haven't had a single woman applicant and we pay you know our guys make most of our guys are making like 80 to 100 thousand high paying and we have none well, no, I can see your point 100%, but the fact of the matter is, too, we're not accounting for the fact that there are women that are leading in certain areas, and they're treated a certain way when certain forces do come into play. Now, I do 100% agree that, I'm going to be honest, I'll probably get a lot of hate for it, but I don't believe there's a wage gap. I just don't see it. But that is not to say that 
women are treated differently in the workforce. I 100% believe that women are subjected and they're treated as less than. That's just well, from my experience. If she was a man, she would not be the VP of the vice presidential candidate for the United States. Yeah, Gretchen it, Whitmer yeah. was a man. She would not be governor of the state of Michigan. So there, there are instances where it happens, but I don't think on a broad spectrum scale, it, it happens on a societal or not a society, uh, um, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh God. Go, I'll think about it. Well, Kat, I heard you saying something. Go ahead. Well, um, I've noticed too that, you know, if you're working and I, and I have always taken on jobs that were primarily, um, with men, um, just simply because they a lot of times were paying more at the time. And especially the car business was a huge one was one where on Saturdays, usually the company would buy lunch for everyone because they didn't want you to leave. Right. Well, guess who was always put up to go get the food? Me. You. The woman. Right, right. And, and that's what women do. We're out of coffee. Catrice, go make the coffee. Well, that's very common. And yeah, no, I agree. That's, you know, and I don't drink coffee. <laughs> so, right. No, I'm not drinking it. hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's, that is very common. That is very common. And it, and it's not only that a hospital that's still predominantly, they still, I'm sorry. There, there are a lot of women doctors out there. There are men nurses, but when it comes down to it, it's the women. Right. That they want to go and do the, the girly things. <laughs> well, no, I agree because in my profession, I ran a site once where we had one woman working there. She was late 40s. Even though we didn't ask her to, she did do the cooking and the getting coffee for all of us. Now, here's the thing. I'll admit I relied on it because I knew she'd do it. The problem is, is the fact that she could do more than just that. I just, I overlooked it because I was so used to her doing that. Yeah. But that is a problem. That's a big part of it. And, you know, and if I said, no, why don't one of you guys go get the food? I right. I kinds of hell and they treated me like crap the rest of the day. That can happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had a day where my son was sick and um, they wanted someone to come pick him up. And my sales manager told me to call my husband. Well, I didn't have a husband. And they were like, we'll call his dad. So they didn't want me to leave. And I told him, okay. So I called his dad. His dad said he would go, but his dad never went. And so I had to leave. My sales manager actually said to me, I don't care if he's got shit running down his legs. You're not leaving. Guess what I did? Left. <laughs> I left. Well, I can understand that 100%. Yeah, that's a piece of shit manager right there. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, that's and, what an asshole boss looks like. <laughs> well, and no, I agree 100%. He, goes, my, he, he said, when my kids are sick, my wife goes and gets my kids. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have a wife. It's just me. Well, yeah, that's the big part of it is I do, I do believe that a lot of men run businesses based on the idea that they're in charge and that any woman around them plays a servant role. Now, I will admit, though, I've been on the opposite side of the fence. And what I mean by that is I've had to fire a woman for looking at porn on her phone at work. That was really hard to do because of the fact that she's the only woman there 
And it kind of put me in a really weird position. I had to have somebody with HR be there because it, it was really awkward. We'll just put it that way. So so I, I, I was interested. So I looked at the percentage. Percentage of active female doctors is 32% in the United States. Percentage of nurses who are men in the United States is 12%. The hospital I work in, I'd say it's probably equal men versus women in the nursing field. Hmm. We have a lot of male nurses. I'll say this, too, about uh, women in, in uh, better uh, positions. Our uh, sales center manager, the people that, the person that runs the whole pretty much all um, central Denver, is actually a uh, woman for our facility. The first one I've, I've seen. So... Washington, 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 Washington. I accept the cookies, dagnabbit. Washington. Accept the cookies, you got the milk. Yeah, so uh, according to this website, in Washington, it's 49, or it's 48 to 53%. That's pretty interesting. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not trusting this website anymore. <laughs> That's a hundred... Okay, that's a website. Yeah, it's pretty equal. Although in the EMTs, it's mostly men. We don't hmm. see a lot of women EMTs. I couldn't do that, couldn't job. Do that job. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. How long we've gone? We're at two minutes, or two hours, 21 minutes. Holy moly. This has been a good one. I, I do have something I'm kind of interested to hear political advisors' thoughts on this. Um, so, shoot. One night while I was very frustrated with our government, I was thinking about what if we actually set up, instead of voting in our congressmen and our senators and such where we actually set it up more along the lines like jury duty where we take our people that are voting and we actually put them in a pool and randomly select them and they serve a four-year term as either a senator congressperson or whatever and they get paid the average um, salary that whatever happens to be the average salary in the country then um, they get their health benefits and they get their housing. But when they're four years or six years or whatever is up, they're done. And we bring in a whole new group. Okay, and by doing that, we get the average person in there, the working man. And in some cases, that might change actually some people's lives because they never would be making an average wage. Oof. Um, Sorry, I'm back again. Well, I, think, Sorry. I think you have about four different tiers of major problems you're going to have there. Most people, oh, they no. don't like to hear no. this, but it would a, never you, change, but <laughs> the, here's the issue is unfortunately you don't want the average person to be in Congress. You, you want a couple, having a couple average people in Congress is real fun. It's real great. Um, They help ground. 
you need the Elizabeth Warrens, you need the Mitt Romneys, you need the people who've been doing this for a long time. They are what keep the system going. I think that's your first um, issue. Second, you want people who want to be there. Um, I think what you'd find a lot of problems with that situation is the, ha- the name would get pulled out and someone just wouldn't want to do it. And are you going to force them to go to Congress? And while they're in Congress, is anything going to ever get done? Secondly, I think that removes all A, all choice for people who live there, and B, um, it removes the incentive to do good. Um, if I say I'm a say I'm a senator in for the state of Colorado, I, I say Cory Gardner. Cory Gardner has incentive to do a good job because he's being held responsible by the people who elected him. If you are just throwing people into Congress and after four years they're done, they're not doing anything else afterward, and they're not elected, so they're not mm-hmm. held responsible by any kind of um, margin. I think you would see corruption. Corruption's already here. I think yeah. in that system you'd More see prominent. corruption double, maybe triple, maybe quadruple, because there's no one holding them accountable. Uh, also, are you just going to take random people out of their jobs, throw them in D.C. for four years, and then expect them to come back and... Not one in. Right, and, what do we do from there? And now they're back, and they need to find a new job, they have to find a new house, and all these things because you're because one of the reasons that co- senators and Congress people make money is because they have to have two homes. Um, they have to have two homes. They have to um, have two lives. God damn, have- that's a lot of shit for them to take on. And they're going to live in Washington D.C., which is one of the highest costs of living in the entire country. And 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 and, and I think you'd be surprised how much. Um, Representatives actually get paid. Um, how much do you think a representative gets paid per year? A hundred thousand, at least. Two hundred. Yeah. Um. So at the let me just double check. So I'm hundred percent sure here. Yeah. Um. Members of Congress make a hundred and one thousand nine hundred dollars per year. Good amount of money. It's about it's about it's I think it's I think it's one hundred eighty thousand if you count what they get for health care because they get health care and they get a and people who and representatives who live farther away get uh, stipends for how much they make uh, does this have yeah so they they get a two point eight percent two point eight percent stipend bonus uh, but Congress has not had a raise since two thousand eight two thousand nine. And um, a th- oh, $174,000 sounds like a lot of money, right? To the average person, it is. To the average person. But when you have two houses and one of them is what, and you have to live in, in Washington, D.C., which is the, one of the top five highest costs of living in the country. Um, and You're that's all. Tell. And that 174 is before taxes. All U.S. Congress people pay taxes. Um, now, now, once you start getting like into, once you start getting into like leadership, oh my god! <laughs> like Speaker of the House makes two hundred fifty k, then you get to like, oh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but you think how much are going to be paying taxes because they're going to be in a higher tax bracket? Yeah. So, 
I mean, that's a very slept on thing is the whole tax bracket. Because, I mean, I know what I get taxed, what I make. I can only imagine what they get taxed for what they make. Oh, yeah. But a see, lot. That's, See, that's 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 just the thing is like you have to pay the you cannot pay a congressperson the average well, sure, salary well, be, be, because let's see what's the average salary in the United States let's let's look this up average salary about fifty two thousand America oh my god I'm dying over this fucking message sixty three thousand dollars a year you, what if you were living in Seattle in I'm Seattle dying over your message. Well, in, I didn't say anything. In Seattle, can you live <laughs> off sixty-three grand a year? In see, it, not in downtown Seattle, but where I'm at, you could. Well, I'm I'm talking downtown Seattle. Downtown Seattle, no. Now imagine downtown Seattle's a nightmare, isn't it? Downtown Seattle is a nightmare. The a one-bedroom apartment that is maybe, or even a studio apartment that's maybe five hundred and twenty-five square feet, you're paying minimum two grand a month. Holy crap. Yeah, so um it's quite a bit. I I think that DC has a higher cost of living than Seattle. I, uh, I believe so. So imagine trying to have an apartment and, and most of these most of these Congress people have families, like two, three kids. Um could you imagine trying to have a house in DC, a house where you live now, because you have to live in the district you are Representing that's something people forget about is you can't right. just move to DC. You have to live in your district. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it. So now you have a house in DC, like top five cost of living in the entire country. Then you have to do it in. Then you have to have a house inside your district. So that's two houses, and then you're you flying back and forth from Denver to DC, like Gardner moved flying from Yuma to DC. For to do campaign stops and to do um, community outreaches and do legislative updates, those aren't paid by the state. Those are paid out of his pocket. Um, right. So that one hundred and seventy something thousand dollars goes away very, very quickly. Now you do for that. Now you do get some sweetheart deals. You get mortgages with like two percent, two percent. Sometimes no. Um, what's we're looking for? Um, you get no um, interest, and there there are other ways they make money. But the I I think that you have a, there's a couple problems that'll be there. Big uh, the largest thing is there's no representation. You lose the representational um, because they lose being held accountable by people who are voting for them. That makes sense. Hmm. That does make sense. Plus, our democracy makes sure that the crazy people don't get into power. So imagine, imagine the hobo that lives on the side down the street who yeah, thinks look at that Biden. Wrote... he's fucking there. Yeah, but Joe Biden is not as crazy as the dude who lives down the street who wears um, his pants inside out and who <laughs> thinks that who, who thinks ahead. that cockroaches are talking to him. Could you imagine him if he was your senator? Well. I'm glad not. Uh, you might get some help for the mental mentally ill. <laughs> right, I'm like you okay, could this, get something out of it. This guy's not going to show up to DC. He's going to he's going to he's going to show up to Congress on day <laughs> one, and he's going to sit in the. T- you can't get people to work. You can't get people to work eight hour days. 
Imagine telling the guy who refuses to work four-hour days to right. make minimum wage that he has to go work in, that he has to make phone calls for six hours a day, and then go sit through an eight-hour legislative session. God damn. Imagine telling the fucking guy that's running for president that he's not a genius or a dragon. So... <laughs> It's based off of a meme I saw. This is a little off topic, but it was like, hey, it's Joe Biden. I'm a congressman, a genius, a dragon, and I'm going to be president soon. By the way, you're watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> right. And I was like, no, 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 dude, that's fucking terrible because that's a reality. That's where we're headed if people don't figure this shit out by now. Sorry. Off topic. But it was just, it was creepy to me that people actually thought this guy wasn't fucking insane i just i'm just i'm just sitting i'm just imagining working in congress and you look out and it's some plumbers and there's a couple like school teachers and they'll school teachers be really good in congress because really congress is just dealing with a bunch of bratty 10 year olds anyway right um, but yeah. then, then you have some homeless people and then you have a couple um, people who who just don't know what they're doing. You would never get anything done. Nothing would ever get done ever. Well, my thought process on it was I was kind of thinking about how most of the people that are elected into our government come from money in a lot of cases or have money. They may not have come from it, but they have it. And like you said, they have to have the two households. So they have money. How do you get actually get the average person the person that is struggling check to paycheck to paycheck, the person that um, is uh, struggling to pay their rent every month, how do you get their voices in there and actually let them be heard? Do you know because, what the average... Like you said, these people are, you know, they, you say that they're being held accountable for, but they've never actually lived it. They've never felt it. Um, if we t uh, don't talk about the uh, 116th, let's talk about the 115th Congress. Because I don't know what the thing is for 116th, but you know what the average net worth for the 115th Congress was? Let's hear it. Let's $95,000. The fuck? You have That's millionaires. You have Richard Blumenthal. You have Jay Rockefeller. You've got like Diane Feinstein. You've got Nancy Pelosi who have tons of money. Yeah, but she's a fucking psychopath. But you also she have... Pass the screen mental health screening. <laughs> Um, the exactly. typical representative. Okay, this is so. Um, so the net worth, the average net worth um, for U.S. congressman in twenty in hundred sixteenth is one hundred and fifty k. Right. And um, in one hundred fifteenth was ninety six k. Net worth, not salary. Net worth. Holy shit! So. So let, 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 we'll we'll take a look at, for instance, Colorado has seven congressional districts. Right. Okay. So District One's um, Diane DeGette, and she has been in Congress since before I was born. She was elected January. She was um, sworn in January third, nineteen ninety seven. I was born January twenty ninth. God damn, that's like over twenty years of mistakes. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's a, a keep going. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you. Um, Diane Begette's net worth is $100,000. Fuck. Uh, number that's two. That's still more than your average American. Let's see. What's the average average net 
worth of Americans. You said no. like twenty, thirty thousand. American net worth is six hundred ninety-two thousand dollars. Holy shit! How? How? Yeah. If they're uh, okay. Remember your remember houses. Like, dude, for, a lot of value there. Just for, for a decent job, I barely make forty thousand a year. That is fucking crazy. So let's take. So this one's a good study. It removes the top fifty. Per, it removes. It removes the top thirty people of net worth, and it makes the average American net worth to one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Jesus. Okay. For, let's see. I bet you this is what it is. Let's see. Well, like middle class, right? Yeah. Percentage of homeowners. Yeah, that's nowhere near me. 67.4% of all people in the United States own a home. That's where it is. Fucking believable. I know one person that owns a home. That's what it is. That's what increases net worth is homes. Oh, right, right. So, damn, does Diane again not own a home? Bro, I don't know. No, she doesn't. I remember she lives in an apartment complex in downtown. Right. Anytime um, someone tries convincing me to do something irresponsible, I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. I don't even own a house. Like, what are you talking about? But that's a lot of people. I, I guess I can see that, yeah. 64%. Holy shit. Yeah, so um, I can't find Joe Neguse's net worth, but the kid, the dude was literally making $47,000 a year before he went to Congress. God damn. Uh, so I don't know what Joe Neguse's net worth is. But I know what he did before. He was a district attorney, and they make $47,000 a year. Um, they probably make good money in politics in general. The most, the, the richest person in um, government or Congress or in Colorado for Congress is probably Ed Perlmutter. Shit. See, here's the thing, dude. You may disagree with me because that's your line of work, but... I feel like these motherfuckers. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you're um, fine. Go ahead. Ed Perlmutter's worth three point five billion dollars. Oh jeez. That's a lot of money. These Ed Perlmutter. Ed Perlmutter had a business before he went to Congress. Holy shit. Uh Well, Ken Buck has two salaries right now from Congress, and he's the chairman of the state. um, So he may. I bet you. I bet you Ken Buck's got money too. Yeah, Ken Buck's net worth is a million dollars. All right, I got to ask it. Austin, how much time do you spend looking this shit up while you're sitting where you're at? Because besides the fact that you're eating jump, jump gumbo and jambalaya and all this shit, you've got to spend a lot of time looking into this. What's my job, so? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, my job, dude, is to babysit rich people. <laughs> so I don't know much, but your job is a little different. All right, turn the shit down. Who's got that on? Okay. God damn it, Tony. <laughs> that wasn't me. Fuck that. All right, next uh, next subject, actually. Because here's the thing. I'd like to talk about something that's a little less political, besides wrestling, obviously. But just as controversial. Um, actually, yes. Yes, I do. So here's the thing. This subject is... What have you watched recently, which is something we usually discuss. The problem is we all watch the same shit. Now, 
I watched something a little different this week. Have you guys seen the movie? Um, well, chance you might have. Austin, probably not because you're younger. Uh, Dazed and Confused. You guys seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Dude, I fell in love with it. It was my first time watching it this week, and I was like, wait a minute. Everybody's been telling me to watch this movie since I was like nine. And I watched it, and I was like, you know, this is actually a pretty good movie. But let's be honest, it's very controversial. It's It may be a, a rebellious teenager movie, but it does fall under the category of sexist, racist, and blah, blah, blah. Whatever the fucking young kids are into, it probably falls under that category. Austin? <laughs> Yeah, I have not seen. All I know is Ben Affleck was in it, and he was apparently horrible. Yes. Well, I'm not going to lie. I thought he was the best part of the whole movie because he's an asshole. He's a fucking dickhead in that whole movie. But it is a good movie. You got to check it out. Austin, what have you watched lately? Other than... Don't tell me the debates. Well, I have watched the debates, obviously, but... um... (laughs) Trump did fantastic, but anyway, on that last one, but I haven't had time to, I watched Arrested Development, and that's the only thing I've watched. God, I love that show, that's amazing. I I watched it for the first time, like, at the beginning of last month. Did you watch it all, or what? Yeah, Yeah. all of it, plus the Netflix. um, Oh my god, dude, I love Arrested Development, that's one of the... That's one of the best shows out there, man. That's how late I am to watching stuff. I've been working. <laughs> I've been. I've been working fourteen-hour days for the past two weeks, or <clears throat> past week and a half since quarantine was over. I've been working fourteen-hour days, so I haven't had time to really watch anything. Okay, a chance. What have you watched? Uh, I haven't watched a whole lot of TV. Uh, I've been just watching my YouTube's. Oh yes, I watch a lot of YouTube. Goddamn! YouTube I must and have Twitch. A boring ass job because that's all I do is watch movies all day long. I watch YouTube and Twitch because I can stop and go whenever, and that really yeah, works. Right. Exactly. Sometimes I get downtime while I'm in the middle of processing all my routes, and then there's other times where I just have no time, so I'll start something and then turn it right <laughs> yeah. off. Like uh, we are. A... Go ahead. We we are officially now. Five days away from Mandalorian season two, though. Never finished season one, but it's a great show. I I have like two episodes left. I just get really bad with starting episodes, and then I get so busy I don't finish it. So I actually did like that because I'm not gonna lie, Force Awakens was cool. I hated everything after it, but I did watch the Mandalorian. I fucking loved it. So I'll probably watch season two when it comes out. I don't know though, man. I just want Disney to be done with Star Wars. And that could happen. No, it's yeah. not. It's too much of a moneymaker for them. And since they Cash cow. Disneyland. Gotta make money either way. Well, yeah. right. It's a big cash cow. I mean, why would you give up something that people pay so much money for? It's just like Marvel. They will never get away from Disney. That sucks. But... If it makes money, it you know it sells. So it is what it is. Is what money. it is. Yeah, it's just gonna be Cash the way. It is. Have you guys like seen that that? <laughs> that fucking meme though? It's DiCaprio from Django and Chain, and it basically says <laughs> it says Star Wars fans after eight years of Disney, and then it's like 
George Lucas, I want to buy it back. And it's it's DiCaprio from Django. He's like, you will? All excited. I was like, dude, that's me. I really wish that would happen sometime soon. I'm so tired of Disney owning fucking everything. Because Austin and I vary on this, but I think Disney ruins everything it fucking touches besides Pixar. That's my opinion on it. Disney made Marvel 20 times the company. And Marvel's, Disney made Marvel was fine on its own. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't getting it done. That's I'm sorry, but Blade and the Punisher were cool as shit. So was X-Men. X-Men is not Marvel Studios. Well, Fox. thank God. Look, I saw that fucking look you're giving me. <laughs> there were two good X-Men movies and Logan. Well, Logan is an X-Men movie, motherfucker. You no, just I'm saying Logan. I'm saying there are two good X-Men movies, and then Logan, which is arguably the best superhero movie of all Don't time. Don't you dare say Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> the Deadpool movie's a good uh, movie, Tony. The, the no, first Deadpool's one is good. the first one. Both of them are solid movies. The first one's better, but they're both solid movies. Nope. It's not they're even great. X-Men. They're amazing. Well, it kind of is, but... No, it is. It is. Way. It's got the best X-Men of all time in it. You guys are high... No, well, well, right, that, no, that's that's a hot take, but that's controversial. All right, uh, look, Colossus. You guys can get mad all you want. Colossus X-Men is first the best. Class, Logan, and the original X Men. Those are the three best X Men films. Okay, let, let, let's. You said let, Halle Berry sucked. Let's just get that out of the way right well, now. Halle Berry right does now. suck. Fuck her. Let's talk <laughs> top five, top five um, castings for um. Comic book characters. Oh dear God! Here Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Number one. Robert. Ryan number Reynolds. two. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Number three is Ryan I can't Reynolds. Touch it. I've only seen one. Ryan Reynolds is number two, three. Wesley Snipes is Blade. That's a underrated four. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I love Wesley Snipes, dude. But how much you want to bet Danny Glover will do better? Danny? No, he won't. He will. He just has to shut up. That's not going to happen. And it's not Danny Glover. What the fuck's his name? I'm sorry. Come on, Top Gun. Chill out. Top Gun? Dude, I don't watch recent movies. Like, <laughs> I don't like fucking box office films. They're really annoying. Um, I can't think of the actual... The, on a series, not the actor they picked for Blade for the reboot. is actually a really fire pick. Who, that new actor? I, I I don't know his name. I can't pronounce it, and I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> You're going to fuck it up if you say it, so you better be quiet. I will. I'm trying to find... <laughs> Abdullah. Find... <laughs> he's got a goofy-ass last name, but he's got talent. Oh, my God. Wait, <laughs> Marvel movie. As long as he doesn't die of ass cancer, we're good. Oh! Um, <laughs> it's the guy who played Cottonmouth in... Um... You cannot say that, Austin. What? <laughs> I don't That's give a fine. fuck what any of you guys say. I'm it's looking guy forward who... to Halloween it's... and Scream 5, dude. I'm so excited for those fights. I oh, Me too, me too, me too. Right. Like, oh, I saw hopefully Neff Campbell died. It's, it's Marshala Ali. Yeah. Marshala Ali. He, what's his name? He he played Cottonmouth in... um. Austin. What's the movie? Um. You can't say that. Um, Cottonmouth. Luke Cage. He played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage. 
I never watched an episode of Luke Cage. I didn't watch Iron Fist either. I didn't watch, don't watch Iron Fist. I watched Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and The Punisher. That was you it. I watched Jessica to- Jones because he thought she was hot. 100%. That's all I Dude, Jessica Jones was my favorite of all of them. Are you fucking serious? Yes. Yeah. Hot take. Yes. Look, dude, I'm going to be honest. Well, that just became a big part of the Beat Laboratory. I don't know why you watched it, but let's hear it. Well, I should have nice asked, but I, I I figured that. No, it's it's like it the whole dynamic of her just psyching herself out the entire movie and where and the it's one of those superhero films where they don't she doesn't really fight the bad guy. It's really her fighting herself and it's about a it's about her trying to like Fight her own mental illness, Don't really. Stop it's, it's this has got to be the goofiest fucking conversation we've had this entire show. <laughs> no, we low key had an argument about if Cap, what Captain America movie was the best. None of and them. You just having none of them. Yeah, I was gonna say none of them. <laughs> okay, guys, I'm gonna throw this one out there real quick, and then I need to get off and get my dogs outside. But um. Animaniacs is being relaunched next month. Oh no! Seriously? Yeah, that's, that's seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that's, on that's, Hulu. That's and really good. That was no, Jesus, nice. please. We loved it. But <laughs> I've got dogs giving me the eyes that are saying that they're floating, so I need to get them out. But this has been fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, oh, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, Cat. We'll have to have you another time soon. Okay. Have a good one. You too. All right. Yeah, I think with that, we might want to start to wrap up. We're almost at three hours. Austin, don't, shit, don't, don't, really? don't, stop the train, don't stop the train, Austin. <laughs> maybe we oh, could, maybe we, we cut here, and if we want to continue the conversation, we cut here, we... and then we start recording again, and then we have another episode, because three hours... Well, I said three we hours is pushing it. I probably should get my ass to bed soon, because my kid's going to wake up soon. You better wake your ass up. Dude, she's going to wake up at like five or six, and she's like, Daddy... Feed me and put on cartoons. I'm a little like, fuck you, you little dick. But I'm not going to say it. <laughs> shit, I will. That's why I tell Clayton all the time when he does shit that pisses me off. I'm like, hey, little asshole. <laughs> Listen, you little fuck face. <laughs> That's how it is, though. That's how it be. But anyway, no, seriously, um, Chance, thank you for being on here again, dude. I do appreciate it. I really tried hard to make sure we all spoke. It's kind of hard, though, when we get really, like, into it. Yeah, I have a big mouth. Sorry. No, no, no. You're good, dude. I love that. I love that we're talking about it. So, I mean, let's save it. Um, Austin, I'll see you on Friday at 10 for the Halloween special, correct? No. Absolutely. Perfect chance. Um, Do you want to be a part of that, or do you want to be in a future episode? What's your plan, man? Um. Well, are we, are you guys still gonna do one on Saturday? No, no, no. We're gonna be doing it on Friday because we want to do a Halloween episode, but it needs to be released by Saturday. So we're gonna be doing our next episode Friday at 10 p.m. Um, just do what you've been doing. Where you text? Oh, where you text me? And just say hey. Because sometimes I get busy, and then sometimes I'm like, fuck yeah, hug it, chug it, fuck it. Okay, podcast. that's fine. Good to do that. But um, so what? The Halloween special. What? I didn't watch the trailer. You what, piece what? of shit! I mean, God damn it! 
You're on the fucking show and you don't even care. You're fired. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I went to the website. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty sexy website, huh? Yeah, Austin did a wonderful job. Tony, you need to start the game up. Yeah, that shit is fire. <laughs> but uh, no, if it wasn't for Austin, that shit wouldn't have happened. But, um. That's what I'm saying, okay. Tony, you need to start your game up. Basically, the Halloween special we're going to talk about. First off, we're going to talk about the greatest film ever made, which is John Carpenter's Halloween. And then we're going to talk about the top 10 worst Halloween films ever made and the top 10 best horror films ever made. So let me rephrase that. We're going to mostly be talking about scary films. Then we're going to talk about Halloween being the greatest movie ever made. Then we're going to talk about the origin behind Halloween. So what started it? Which most of you that don't know, it started a long, long fucking time ago, even before religion. And then, of course, we'll get into um, the age of trick-or-treating and COVID. So a lot of it is going to be Halloween-based. But go ahead. The real question is, why doesn't the main character ever be able to get killed off? Well, that's what we got to talk about. Save it. Save it. Don't say anything. You got to save it for that episode if you want to be in it. I'm not a virgin, Tony. I don't know how to save. Well, we saw Halloween 2 together. If you survived that... That was Rob Zombie. That's not Rob. That's not John Carpenter's. No, I know, but it was still a shitty movie. I mean, I love it, but yeah, I'm just saying. About to beat some ass, Cotton. <laughs> right, right. But no, no, no. Save it. Do you want to be on the next episode? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We, have- we, also, All right. we also have a talk about how I used to have a major crush on Jamie Lee Curtis. She used to be be hot. True lies. True lies. Loki Fox. 100%. No, let's do it. Um, For those of you that are listening, thank you for sitting through three hours. This is actually our longest episode to date, which I'm happy with. I would love to continue this type of uh, length. I would love to make three, four-hour episodes because I think it's perfect for discussing what's on our minds, what's in our hearts. Jesus. All that bullshit. But anyways, Chance, thank you for joining us. Um, Kat, if you're still listening to this, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. Austin, if it wasn't for you, man, this show probably wouldn't be around. So thank you for helping me out with this. Otherwise, hell yeah, man. I will see you guys on Friday. See you, well, you, won't, you won't see me. You'll hear me. Perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll see everybody on I- Friday, but... People won't hear us until Saturday for Halloween. So until then, happy Halloween, everybody. We will see you on the great Halloween special. Tune in and good night. Night. Night.